the status quo has resumed here on the chair shop podcast as yes the boys are back in town the boys are all three of us the town sunday evening podcastery i'm one of your hosts barry back joined as always by my ever dependable co-host first of all we got mr joe towner over there good evening everybody and by over there i'm just gesturing sort of towards the irish sea um he's over there uh also with us is of course our our, our co-host slash producer paul griffin also over there but not quite as far no no i'd still consider that here just broadly if we're talking about on the planet you know what you're, you're here with me you know yeah, yeah, um, yeah. although geographically would i be close yeah i suppose i'd be closer to you than than joe but i'm, I'm kind of but i suppose if you're little. counting if you're counting travel time yeah you you could probably get to dublin airport in about 40 minutes couldn't you yeah, and let's say you were leaving at very last second, and it takes you a half hour to get through, get to your gate, half hour through the air. Yeah, it'd be pretty yeah. close because if I was to get the bus to you, it'd be about two and a half, three hours. Correct. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're we're basically all in the same room. Although, although historically, the train from well, I don't know what airport I go to, Gatwick maybe, into London City takes about as long as it would take me to get to Limerick. To <laughs> okay. Um, one, th- I remember one time I was I was going to meet Joe. I'd go to like this nice barbecue place. Yeah, the yeah, train yeah. took like five hours to get to London. <laughs> it just was like stopped. I think that I was that was Stansted. Stansted is the awful one that's my just yeah hours and hours away from actually London. It's not really you know. Oh, it was terrible stuff. So. And we were like, we'll be there, we'll be there. We, we don't be there. Didn't happen. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, well. <laughs> Um, anyway, we're back uh, after uh, I, I was uh, I was off there for a week, and I think two weeks ago we were on Monday, if I recall correctly. Mm. So back to the usual routine here. I was uh, off gallivanting in Dublin, capital of our fair nation, uh, last weekend, which was a whole lot of fun, uh, hanging out with the pals. I went back to Token, which I haven't been to in quite a while. I haven't talked about Token in quite a bit yeah. on the old the old pod. I I went there. Last year, when we initially hesitantly reopened, and they had completely changed everything. They took all the games out of the main dining area, put half of them in storage, and then put half of them in a separate room. So you had to eat, stay at your table, eat, you may go to the bathroom, and that's it. Then notify someone when you're done. Then you may go to the other room where we have like six games. That's the state we were all in in a country this time last year. I went there this past weekend, and it's effectively like it was before. Uh, they want you, obviously, to put your mask on when you're up and about in there, but uh, they have all the games back out. You have your Simpsons arcade game back and all that jazz, and it was absolutely heaving with people. It was super, super busy, um, but it was also delicious. So, um, uh, uh, a delicious uh, uh, offering of uh, chicken tenders and uh, bacon jam fries and all that um and as i believe i said on the on the like the very first time i went there the the tremendous food is now infinitely more of an appeal than the games which is kind of like now it really is kind of they were a bit late getting our table ready they gave us some free tokens i used the like three tokens they gave us i was like all right oh I mean, yeah i've had my fill i've had my fill of these these coin sucking arcade games i do not care enough to buy a tenner's worth of more to uh, to uh, continue getting destroyed in the Spider-Man arcade game, um, so yeah, so that was lovely. Um, uh, not too much of a uh, of a uh, a life guff uh, for me this week, other than that. 
Uh, Brona is away on holidays, so I am flying solo, broadcasting from the living room like I'm fucking King Henry or something. He used to podcast from the living room all the time. He didn't care. Famously. Um, Famously. Um, Yeah, that's about it. I did do some more cooking this week, which I was quite happy with. Um, I I went to every butcher in this town looking for fucking chicken wings and none of them stocked them. I was like, what is, what is the deal? And one of them was like, Oh, they just dry out when you leave them out. So most butchers don't have them. I was like, that's annoying. I eventually got some from a, a big chain supermarket, which I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be bougie and go to a butcher and get o- overpriced cut of chicken wing. But they did. Most butchers don't stock them. So I had to go to a shop by t- <laughs> two fifty for a gigantic fucking pound of them. I, li- uh, I like how, how we've bougie has become doing what the, normal thing used to be like it used to be i go to the butcher but now i'm bougie i'm going to the big supermarket chain and now it's the other way around yeah yeah because it's like because i was fully prepared to pay like three times as much as i would have as i ended up paying in duns you know i was like because i because i asked brona i was like how much quantity wise is two people's worth of wings and how much does that cost from butcher? And we were trying to work it out. Anyway, I made wings. They were very tasty. I was very, I was, I don't know why I, for some reason I was thinking, cause I, I don't know about you. I've had a lot of shitty wings in my life. Sure. Uh, you, you know, you, you, you either do great wings or you do terrible wings. There's very little in between. So I was very nervous, especially because I was, I was, um, coating them in, in baking powder, which seemed unusual to me, but, but that was what all the recipes online said to do. And I was like, if I fuck this up, these are going to be absolutely hideous but they were delicious um so uh, that was about it for me um on the old life golf gentlemen what about you guys where have you what have you, where have you been walking this week what uh, what uh what what uh what is the the haps no, no big walks this week uh, it's been a been a quieter one um so we're actually getting our kitchen redone uh next week well yeah next week um so we, we spend the weekend cleaning, trying to clear out all the old crap that we throw in the cupboards and just forget about for six months, you know, mm. bag of sweet potatoes that's been in there since March or something, you know, fuck it, or <laughs> random cleaning products that have been sat in the back of the cupboards since we moved in, left by the previous occupants, you know, things like that, that you just don't yeah. bother moving. But yeah, trying to trying to get rid of some stuff and trying to box some stuff up so that we can get it all out uh, ahead of, of the kitchen being done. But yeah, looking forward to that because we're going to get what's very exciting. We're going to get a dishwasher put in Ooh. into the uh, thing. So I haven't basically since I moved out of, of my mum's place, uh, been renting and then moved here, haven't had a dishwasher. So we've been wa- washing up for four years like some sort of fucking working class <laughs> scum. <laughs> like, excuse me? I didn't go to university to have to do my own dishwasher <laughs> on fucking plates. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, finally getting a little slimline dishwasher put in, so that would be nice. And yeah, <laughs> getting rid of the, the grotty old cabinets that have probably been in there for about 20 years um, yeah. from the previous tenants. So yeah, looking forward to getting that done. It'd be a bit disruptive for a, a week or so, but yeah, be nice to have a new new kitchen. That's the uh, that's the exciting thing going on at the moment. Oh, very nice. Um, not much for me. Pl- still plugging away at the new job. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I was telling Joe last week, Barry, that uh, the, the, the contract, the name of the contract is Griffin. It's Paul Griffin because it's all been agreed. All the teams and seasons nice. uh, agreed to. It's very, yeah. It's very. It was very much like a football transfer. It was, it was uh, protracted and uh, it was. It was the not taking, like the a, summer, taking a photo with your new name tag, just holding yeah. it up like a jersey. Just yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Um, well, no, I don't. I don't have a name tag of any kind. I'm, of course uh, not. I know that. My, my <laughs> Tesco. Um, my job is actually based in the UK. So what? It's a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Did they not bring? Did they not bring it back with the Brexit? All oh, you're stealing our jobs. Ah, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's good. Yeah, a little six thousand euro raise. So Ooh, oh, okay. euros or pounds? What are we talking? European okay. dollars. <laughs> I think they're called. Um, but that's all good. That's still going well. I did uh, engage in some extra free work this week. Non-paid work. A friend of mine who, like Joe is a new house owner uh, needed me to come over and give him a hand with the garden. I was doing some back breaking manual mm. labor, lifting rocks into wheelbarrows, moving them around two hours. Wow. Uh, and this was immediately after a 10,000 step walk as well. Oof. Uh, I, we went to get, cause this was Friday and I normally would, would have a steak of a Friday. So I went to uh, the local Aldi to get a nice steak, but yeah. we did a big, long scenic route to get there. So hit 10, easy 10,000 steps and got a phone call on the way back. Do you mind coming over and helping me lift rocks for two hours? I hadn't even had any dinner. <laughs> uh, so I'm actually still sore from that. That was Friday night. I'm still, my legs are very sore. I'm doing all that. Um, but that's basically it for me. Uh, just constant work. It's a working man's life, let me tell you. Oof, it's tough. That's the life guff uh, for the week. Uh, we have a, a mountain of entertainment to chat about to get Paul's mind. If Paul could tear himself away from the work desk, you know, for yeah. for five minutes. Um, we brought it back the last few weeks. Now, I've got music guff this week for the first time. <laughs> you know, uh, I got some, uh, some just not, not, not too extensive. I got some quick takes on some 2021 hippity hop. Um, okay. Uh, there was a load of music out this past Friday. Obviously, Adele came out, which I haven't made time for the Adele yet, mm-hmm. I'm afraid, um, unfortunately. There was also, a, I believe, the second posthumous release from Mac Miller. I haven't listened to that yet either. Um, uh, and then that same day, there was a, a surprise drop of Zach Fox's first album. He is a uh, uh, very amusing originally a Twitter personality. That sounds really dismissive of a person who just put out, put out a really good album, but, all, you know, similar to Lil Nas X, got to prominence by being a, a shit poster uh, and, and buddied up with some rappers and has put out some singles here or there. Put out an album uh, and straight away got my attention because like, I think Zach Fox is funny and then I looked it up on Spotify and I was like, ooh, baby, 20-minute album. Yes, please, I'll stick that on. I'm taking a shite and I'll get through it. That's no problem at all. Uh, but it is... Really, really, really good. Um, I I don't think I'd listened to really any of his songs previously, so I don't know if this is kind of par for the course. Very kind of old school. It sounds very nineties kind of production wise, but it has just it's it the the the, the lyric style is basically kind of just endless one liners in his kind of style of humor. Um, uh, just really, really genuinely funny, but also with like a really good delivery and really, really good old school uh, sounding beats. Two thumbs up. Hugely recommend it uh, for anyone, especially, like I said, that runtime. Mm. Cannot be beat. It's called Shut the Fuck Up, Talking to Me is the name of the album. Uh, and also a, a title track on there. Really, really good. And since I was on a, a, a 2021 new release track, I finally got around to listening to the most recent uh, title, the Creator album, uh, Call Me If You Get Lost, which is also really, really, really good. It was three times as long, but that's, you know, that's modern hip hop for you. But it was really, really good. Um, I think it struggles coming after his last album, which I think everyone agrees was like his best and tremendous and one of the best kind of 
quote unquote hip hop albums. He's one of these guys that really branches out, lots of pop in there, lots of jazz, lots of kind of all over the place in, in a great way, like lots of really experimental stuff. And this album is very, very similar. It goes really good hand in hand with Eager. I just think it it falls a little bit in comparison to it, but another another really good album from him. So two thumbs up there. Two recommendations on both of those. Um, yeah, and so now I think I've added, I think my total 2021 album listen uh, quantity is up to, I think, a, a, a astounding five uh, so far with that so uh yeah those are those are my my music guffs for today yeah i think I'm, i must be on around 20 at this stage mm. um and I think, added... I think we both said we try and listen to more this year and you've kept to it much yeah. better than i have yeah well as Gennaro gattuso himself has famously said sometimes he's good sometimes he's a shit <laughs> fortunately <laughs> sure that's not bruno is... Toglioni. Uh, Redford reject. Um, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this is not one of the good weeks. Uh, I, no. I, I listened to that new Coldplay album. Yes, uh, I saw this game. Called yeah. like uh, Music of the Planets or something. Oh, lovely! Just <laughs> nonsense. Uh, Music of the Spheres, it's called. Um, and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be the first person to hold my hands up and, and consider myself a Coldplay fan. You know, I'll take the I'll take the heat. Mm. Mm. Um, I I think Parachutes uh, is like a perfect album. I, I love every song on it, uh, and then progressively they get less and less perfect. But uh, I, I really, yeah, yeah, I think it's, I really it's like their first decline. their first like four albums. I think are pretty good all the way yeah. up to uh, the one with Viva La Vida and Violet Hill on. I forget mm. the name of the album, but uh, whatever it's called, yeah. X and Y I like, Russian yeah. to the Head I like. You know, Coldplay had a very uh, a very bland, but a very listenable kind of post Radiohead kind of sound to it. Uh, they've fully, you know, d- digressed now to like full on faux Ed Sheeran sounding. Yeah, um, <laughs> God, imagine faux Ed Sheeran. <laughs> um, like this album. To, to put into context of what Coldplay are now, this album features uh, f- features features by uh, Selena Gomez and BTS. <laughs> uh, that's where Coldplay are right now. There's also one track where Chris Martin's voice is weirdly pitched up like a baby, <laughs> and I don't understand. This is really. starting to sound really good. No, it's like on your trust, BTS. Trust me, trust Selena me. Gomez, baby song, baby, baby noise. It Ed Sheeran, Selena. like so. I know it's probably so passe to say, "Hey, man, I thought they were." I mean, they have, I wouldn't say they, they haven't been real proper rock rock since like X and Y. I wouldn't say, but why are you getting Selena Gomez on your album? For? I got nothing against the girl, you know. And it's, again, it's that's the point. Music, but like, I, I don't have any issue with Selena Gomez. I don't even have any issue with BTS. But no, Coldplay, no. Coldplay's sound, if you go back to those first few albums, was more in that genre. Like I said, of like early Radiohead. Mm. You know, of it's of that of that kind of. I wouldn't even necessarily call it rock, but of that acousticy angsty songwriter you know bordering mm. on, on kind of folky but now it's just like i don't know if the drummer even plays on the album anymore it just they just it's just modern pop nonsense now the only track that i would say came close to what's called play sound used to be is like the last track on the album i can't think of the name off the top of my head but it's some made-up word um and that has hints of the parachutes called play and i'm like oh this is this is listenable uh, only problem is the last song of the album is nine and a half minutes long. Oh. 
And uh, for the one the one track I might be interested in re-listening to to be that long, I'm not listening to it again. Uh, so I'll give the new Coldplay album the double thumb down. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was pretty, pretty dire. Uh, and I would avoid. So, And that's, again, coming from someone who would be uh, a Coldplay fan. Now, I've not listened to many of the new newer albums but every now and then a song will come along like you know paradise for mm. example which i didn't listen to the album that was on but it still has a an energetic poppy stadium filled anthem sound to it nothing on this album has has right. anything resembling that it's all very drab yeah even even from a pop point of view it's all very nothing very bland yeah, that's a shame. Uh, like you said there, I was, I was kind of thinking, because I, I saw that came out and I was thinking of firing up, and then I was like, I actually can't remember what the last one I listened to was. And I'm sure it's one of those ones where if you were to go onto their Spotify, they've had 11 or some shit like that altogether, and yeah. it's too hard to, to even face into going through. But uh, yeah, that's a shame. Uh, let me see here. Uh, we can move on then from the music guff to Le Teleguff. Uh, anyone want to kick us off with their TV consumption for the week? Uh, I'll start off. Um, Joe, is it is British Bake Off not normally an hour and a half? Or is that something that I've made up in my head? No, normally, yeah. This season, this week, anyway. It's yeah. only an hour 15. Oh. Maybe they had to cut out some... Mm, I don't know. I, I feel like I got swindled. Yeah, I feel like I got swindled out of 15 minutes of my uh, making cake show. Mm. No, it's, I think it was normal. normal. Okay, so uh, mm, maybe it's only hour 15. Uh, yeah, another good week. Um, they they finally booted off. Uh, the the, oh, the, the, the rubbish old lady, the, the rubbish old lady who couldn't bake for a fucking lifesaver. Like you forgot to put flour in the cake. For <laughs> That's like number one ingredient: flour. <laughs> I know. Um, that's the show. I still quite enjoy. I still uh, sticking with. Never mind the buzzcocks as well. Uh, still, we watch a few episodes of Lost. That's always uh, fun. And I can't think of anything else I watched. Um, I didn't do any more Simpsons deep dives like I did last week uh, when I spent half an hour talking about one episode in great detail. Um, <laughs> I don't think I watched anything else. I think that's pretty much, pretty much it. Well, if you like long-winded talking about Simpsons... Boy, have I got sure, a, yeah, I do. A, a YouTube archive for you that you can watch <laughs> over at youtube.com slash Barry Murphy Lad. Okay. Um, I did last, just yeah, it was actually just last night, I did do my ranking of the Treehouse of Horrors. Mm. Um, I had it penciled in to go one hour because it's just seasons one through ten. Oh, three, okay. Three segments an episode, ranking by segment, not episode. So I was like, you know, my, okay, okay. give myself an hour. One hour, 47 minutes um, was the the upload after. I also watched some of the DC fandom stuff just because I was online. I said, I'll stick it on. Uh, but chopping all that stuff out, nearly two hours just trying to rank uh, those. And I was, I was getting in depth. I was weighing it up. I was like, this is what I like about this. This is what I don't like about this. There was some controversy. There was some, there was, it was getting a bit heated. But uh, I had to, I had to crack the whip on the chatters, you know, not to do race war based on whether or not Homer Cubed is good. Um, but uh, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, so I, I that that is up. I'll get that plug in. Mm. But uh, yeah, I did watch. I, I think I got up to like fifteen, just just because I watched the first ten for the purpose of that stream, and then I just kept going because you know Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I've been watching those on the old Disney. 
um, I think those retain a decent bit of quality um, uh, into into seasons like fifteen and sixteen. Ironically enough, I feel like as the show falls off, those last two, like like nine and ten, are terrible. I think they're really bad Halloween specials. Then I think they pick a little bit back up. But anyway, that's a okay. uh, uh, that's those. Um, I have not watched your. I didn't even know you were doing that stream. To be honest, that's how. Yeah, how busy I've been. I don't care. Yeah, you to my boys' streams, but you're, you're, um, you're living your life. You know. Um, all I'll say. All I'll say is, you know, from from a, a very Simpson centric podcast as we are, uh, I I oh, better we hope you got the shinning towards the top, Barry. Because if not, I'll be a very. I'll, I'll, I'll say this right here because this was my opening gambit. I said, so it's basically the way I did it was you got, I think it's five tiers. S, because for some reason S is now just standard. I guess because of video games, it's become vernacular yeah. for the best. S, A, B, C, F. There was no D, I guess, out of just convenience. Um, and so what I said was, I got to have at least three in each tier. There's no calling everything an A. I was like, you got, I got to spread yeah, these yeah. out. Yeah. It's got to be c- cutthroat. The bad stuff's going down. And I said to to start the stream, I went chronologically from the very first one through the segments chronological. But mm-hmm. I said, what I'll do is to, to give everyone an indication of what my tastes are, I'm going to put one on the S tier to start the stream. And it was the shinning. The shinning went straight okay. into the top. Because <laughs> I was like, that is the objective best one. It goes straight to the top. So if you want to be an S tier, you have to be in that ballpark of funny. Yeah, that was my yeah. that was my that was my threshold. So yeah, uh, the, yeah, the best movie parody they've ever done. Which was all yeah, which is my like I was like it's hilarious. It's genuinely a great parody. It's you you someone who doesn't watch The Simpsons would would enjoy it if they like The Shining. But uh, yeah, uh, so I've been watching all of those. I'll probably keep. I'll probably soldier on until they get unwatchable or or October ends. Um, elsewhere, other spooky programming I watched. I did finish uh, Midnight Mass, which I think I talked about uh, before I I departed last week. Um, it's really, really good. I think if you enjoy your your Flanagan projects, you will uh, enjoy the hell out of this. Absolutely tremendous performances up and down the cast. Phenomenal cast. Uh, really well written. Really great, creepy atmosphere that maintains the whole way through. Not, it, it's not, it's it's kind of gory in some parts, but it's not super horror-ish. I would say it's even even less of a horror than Hill House. I would say, which again was kind of a horror as a kind of theme of, for a drama is effectively what that was and i think this is even more of that uh seven episodes which is a nice tidy runtime all that stuff is great i did feel towards the end and this is a trope i've noticed in in a lot of stuff he writes he loves his monologues he loves when two characters are having a conversation and then one of them just speaks uninterrupted for four minutes from the depths of their soul about what motivates them and what their arc is uh, that happens about once an episode and like twice in some of the later episodes. And it's kind of, once you notice it, it's super, it's it's impossible to ignore, especially because the rest of the show looks very interesting and is quite dynamically shot. And these scenes are always just, the camera just slowly moves in on the person speaking. You get the occasional cutaway of the other person in the room just nodding or just looking. Mm. And it's just, it's really distracting. And also I think the... Um, there's some conversations about, like, obviously the whole the whole show is very religious and very spir- somewhat spiritual and lots of talk about life and death and stuff in it. It gets a bit kind of smelling its own farts uh, <laughs> a little bit in the last few episodes, <laughs> which I actually thought it wasn't early on. I thought it was actually really interesting. I thought it was, uh, you know, it wasn't pulling any punches on a lot of what it was saying, which was good, but just a little bit. Uh, I, I, I I wish there was some pretty uh, uh, ruthless editing done on that last episode in particular 
someone to say, this is cringe, this has got to go, uh, but it didn't. But overall, still super positive. Um, uh, love, love the flan man. Uh, uh, so one of uh, right, right up there with his 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 best stuff, I would say. And the other Netflix thing I'm watching at the moment is I am of course watching Squid Game, like most of the rest of the world. Did you guys talk about Squid Game last week? Have any of you, either of you, watched it? No. I watched episode one. Um, that was, that was okay. As far as we got. Okay, uh, I uh, just finished episode seven. I will finish it tonight. I'm fairly sure that's my 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 post CSP plan. Uh, I love it. I, I don't really have anything to shocking to say about it at this stage everyone's ranting and raving about it i can only kind of just echo and say it's good i really 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 enjoy it um and it's peaking really nicely as well like it's got me it's got me for these last couple of episodes so uh yeah thumbs up on that one um well even having not seen it i'll give it a thumbs up if it acts as any kind of gateway for people to check out more korean movies or whatever yeah which I, I I think it will. I, I've heard a few people at work talking about it who would not, you know, previ- previously be be watching a whole lot of Korean cinema, as far as I'm aware. Um, and I'm of course watching the subbed version, not the dubbed <laughs> version. <laughs> oh, come on, now. I did. I I because I so actually I started watching it on the train last week, and I had it downloaded it on my tablet, and the downloaded version I guess defaulted to the dub. And I was like, ah, well, like, whatever. I'll just watch it. I, I, I just couldn't. It was just, it was, it was a little bit hokey. Uh, I, I switched within about five minutes, I would say. And I've, I've heard from a lot of people who try, who have sampled it that it's, it's not great. Even within the standards of a dub, it's not great. Yeah, the um, Lupin dub is terrible as well. Is it really? It's par for the course for Netflix, by the sound of it. Um, yeah, I see. I, I saw there was apparently a, a controversy. Is probably a strong word. I don't, that's probably a bit harsh. But there was obviously there's been a some some chatter about maybe uh, people disagreeing on the subtitling of it. Some some bilingual uh, English and Korean speakers have been like, well, they kind of butchered this a little bit, blah blah. But that I mean, we kind of see that debate in video games a lot. Like it's hard. It's a fucking hard job to do. It's not just you don't just you don't just go word for word through the script and just you know so but i'm also trying to not read too in depth on any of that because every article yeah. I've, I've looked at says don't read this if you haven't finished it um but yeah it's it's tremendous it's really really great and again also a, a fantastic cast really really tremendous performances uh, and that one that's my uh, that's my telly for the week uh, what about you joe what are you watching um well we resumed uh succession because that is of course coming back tonight the third season of succession we're very excited for that um, so in preparation, we're rewatching the first two seasons again. Lovely. Um, so got through most of them um, by today. So yeah, it's still still really good. Ages ages like a fine wine that show. Every time mm. you rewatch it, it's, oh, it's better and better. Still funny, still shocking, still still really really good. And you pick up on the little little bits that you didn't notice the first time. It's like yeah, good shit. So looking forward to that coming back. Um, a show that we finished off. Uh, the second season of was Ted Lasso on oh. uh, Apple TV Plus. Hmm. Um, I really liked the the first season of the show. I thought it was very funny, very charming. Didn't like the second season, if I'm honest. Um, they kind of shifted from being just a sort of slightly silly, high concept fish out of water, you know, American football coach in England training a football team gimmick to just make it really dark, <laughs> really kind of dark and like dramatic and lots of like character arcs. And I was just like, eh. I, I kind of preferred it when it was just a, a bit of a funny comedy right. rather than a kind of melodramatic um, soap opera that, that wasn't actually that funny most of the time, unfortunately. 
Um, I know it's caused a bit of a polarization on on the internet discourse. Yeah. Um, some people really liking it. Some people not. I'm probably on the not liking it. It was. It was. You know, I didn't hate it. It was still enter- entertaining enough. But I, w- I would have liked just more of the first season. Um, but maybe they didn't want to do that. Maybe they wanted to spread their wings. They wanted to be yeah. more ambitious. That's fine. Respect that. Respect wanting to do that. Just not really what I'm I'm after from the show. So um, yeah, we'll see see what happens with the third season. Maybe they'll. I think that's going to be the final one. So obviously we'll watch that. Uh, see if they kind of strike a balance maybe between the season one and two. Uh, fingers fingers crossed. Uh, still enjoy that first season. But yeah, that's uh, that's been about it for this week. Okay. Yeah, interesting on the. Uh, yeah, the, the te- I haven't watched it, but I, I know a lot of people who have, and yeah, it seems pretty um, a little bit divisive. I would say. Uh, um, as someone who doesn't wa- hasn't watched either of these shows, people seem to talk about this most recent season in particular in the same way they talk about BoJack Horseman. Mm. Which I hate to judge TV shows by their audiences, but that just makes me not want to watch it because <laughs> I'm just like, I had enough of that the first time. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, I, I think I will give it a go at some stage, though, because it's one, one of those things that is just, you know, taking over the world. Um, we'll jump into the movie guff here. I've uh, got quite a few movies. Before we get into the Halloween stuff, I suppose we can chat about some new release films. Who watched James Bond? I watched uh, James Bondy this week. Tell us about it. Uh, well, let me just put it into context first. The morning of... So I watched, I watched No Time to Die yesterday. Mm-hmm. But the morning of, I gave Spectre another spin. Because I haven't seen Spectre since I saw it in the cinema. Okay. Now, long-time followers of Paul Griffin on the Letterboxd.com <laughs> might recall that when I saw Spectre, I gave it the full 10 out of 10. Mm. Um, Because I, 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 I remember specifically, I, as I came out of the screening, put, put it onto my phone, put, on, put the, the rating on there. And I was really impressed by it. Um, I remember just being like fully taken in by it and, uh, you know, fully immersed in the film and going along for the ride and not really even thinking about, um, you know, the filmmaking behind it. That's really, you know, the way I want to watch films. I don't want to be thinking, oh, that shot was good or that shot was bad. I like That's something I yeah. like to think of later or when I rewatch a film. I like to just be, you know, fully in on the plot. And maybe, you know, if I, the performances are very good, that's something I'll say afterwards. But uh, I gave Spectre a rewatch, and my God, the issues were as apparent as they could be. Um, now, that's not to say that I think Spectre is necessarily suddenly bad. But on this rewatch, I, a lot of the issues that I had heard, you know, raised since I saw it the first time uh, were front and center. And I, I, I find it hard to disagree with really any of them. Um, so Spectre was Sam Mendes again after he did the the really great Skyfall. And uh, I don't know where to begin with Spectre. There's so many problems with it. It's, it's <laughs> first of all, it's, it's, it's got this B plot. So when you watch a Bond movie, I guess I'm the, I'm the resident Bond fan here. Cause I, I guess I'm the only one of us who's seen all, yeah, uh, all 67 Bond films. Um, and uh, when you watch a Bond film, you just want, you want a globe trotting, uh, adventure, a little bit of camp in there, a little bit of um, little silly one-liners, you know. Oh, the Craig uh, Bonds have reinvented that. 
um, structure somewhat. But, you know, the better of them, Skyfall and Casino Royale, still have those aspects to them. Spectre is 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 very dull for the most part. Um, and encompassing that is, first of all, um, Christoph Waltz, right? Uh, when he got cast, that was a big boon, right? Christoph Waltz, who was great in Django Unchained, he was even better in uh, Inglorious Bastards, will cast him as uh, Blofeld, right? You're thinking, fuck, that's great. He is so one note and boring in the film. He's no good as Blofeld. He's the worst Blofeld of the five actors who play the character. He's, uh, my God, I don't know how what he was think he was doing or the direction he was given or what, but he, he plays it very monotone. Uh, and they do things with the character that don't really make sense in terms of what the Blofeld character is, which is, which is fine. I don't mind with a, a new twist on Bond to have a new twist on Blofeld, but I don't, I don't think it works for me. Also, the fact that they kind of... Mild spoilers here for, for Skyfall, I guess. The fact that they even go as far as to, like, give him the scar during the film, the famous yeah, scar. Okay. It's like an origin story for Blofeld. But if you look historically, only one of the previous four actors who played Blofeld actually had the scar. That was Donald Pleasance from Hollow- of Halloween fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other three Blofeld actors didn't have the scar. Uh, and I think it's almost probably uh, as a result of like the Austin Powers movies that that's become so known <laughs> as... Yeah, yeah I suppose you're right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I didn't, didn't like Christoph Waltz at all as Blofeld. Also, there's this B-plot with like... Uh, Ray finds M, uh, who's like the head of of MI6 and is Bond's direct boss, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. As he has this power struggle with um, a character called Max Digby, who's like the head of another security department or whatever. Mm. And this he's played by Andrew Scott, who you, you might know from like Sherlock or an Irish actor who's usually very good. They have this power struggle about oh the the double O system is obsolete we need to have a batman dark knight style surveillance of everything (laughs) and And it's incredibly boring andrew scott who's usually quite good is terrible in it um and that plot eats up a a good half an hour of screen time that could have been uh just deleted the film's too long Cut, cut in half that half hour off and you have a good solid you know two hour movie um so yeah i expect i think i, I downgraded to like a five on letterboxd five out of ten it's, it's not that good that is I, I, a huge jump though what, what? I, know, I know i know i don't know what, what i was thinking the first time i think i was just uh l- allured by the the seeing the bond film in the cinema and the follow-up from skyfall having such high expectations that i was kind of fooled into liking it a bit more mm. than how good it actually is um because it's just watching and I was going, oh, this this Blofeld's really bad. Oh, this Andrew Scott shit is nonsense. Oh. Yeah. And then the, even the plot itself doesn't really make a lick of sense. Bond is like, uh, there's this, uh, he's like Bo- Blofeld's uh, brother plot that they, they shoehorn in mm. that makes no sense. Mm. And then he's he, he goes to Blofeld's lair, but he just goes there. He's not like kidnapped. He just walks <laughs> in and then he's get kidnapped two minutes later. And then he's being tortured, but there's no reason for the torture. Like, he's not trying to get information out of him. Uh, and then Bond just escapes. They they give him the scar, because Bond throws an explosive watch at him. and uh, Or he doesn't, the Leia Seydoux character does. And then later, there's, like, a, a little, like, Joker-style 
trap set and it's it's mostly nonsense lads i'm sorry to say i think the first 30 minutes are really good that's why i haven't suddenly turned to disliking it like the the day of the dead set piece at the beginning Mm. and a few of the there yeah it's like fantastic and a few of the early meetings little interplays with uh bond and like m and bond and q and uh money penny that stuff's all great and then as soon as um basically as soon as christoph Waltz shows up on camera it starts going downhill uh, also batista is in it and is has oh. absolutely nothing to do he gets introduced as like the big henchman right and he like gouges a guy's eyes out and sits in his chair it's like a cool introduction for him uh, all he does in the rest of the movie is drive cars in cha- chase scenes and fights Bond for about five minutes. Cars that are comically small for him because he's in a <laughs> It's just in a little sports car like with his neck craned to one side because he can't fit into it. Uh, um, so they have nothing to do for Like, he's nothing to do in the film. He's introduced in the coolest introduction <laughs> you could possibly have and then he just does nothing and gets yeah. killed super easily. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, that brings us to No Time to Die, which is a direct sequel to Spectre and the other Craig films. Um... And in summary, because I don't want to talk about it in too much detail, but in summary, I I thought it was a a really nice surprise uh, in terms of how good it was after after watching Spectre that same day. Far, far, far better than Spectre. Um, It's really well directed by Kari Fukunaga, who you know from True Detective. Mm. I did season one of True Detective. Um, Really, it's a film that if you're when you're watching it, you notice there's lots and lots of little great little details sprinkled on top of what is, you know, otherwise maybe no more than a really solid Bond film. Okay. But there's little little shots and little details where you go, ah, clever. Oh, that was good. Ooh. And that kind of elevates the whole thing. Um, there is, like, if you're paying attention, there seems to be nods to, like, the GoldenEye video game. <laughs> so I wonder if the director being maybe, you know, slightly older than ourselves, mm-hmm. uh, either hit the first... Um, Bond experience might have been the GoldenEye film or maybe the GoldenEye video game itself. Uh, there's, a, there's a little bit where M shows up on a video call and says to Bond his objectives for the mission. And he's like, <laughs> you have to do one, two, and three. And it's, it seemed like, you know, the start of a GoldenEye mission. I was like, oh, sorry. Um, there's a character in it who seems very similar to Boris in, uh, in GoldenEye, the film. So there's a lot of allusions to it. There's also a lot of allusions uh, to Honor Majesty's on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Mm. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it actually starts off slow. Like, reviews that I had heard of it were, like, it starts great, sags a bit in the middle, and then st- ends great. Uh, I found the beginning a little too slow. Like, usually, and you know, again, this is maybe just to do with subverted expectations, but I, I'm used to the Bond films, like Spectre, which I, admittedly I didn't like that much, but Spectre starts with a, a big, memorable set piece and then goes into the song, right? Okay. Uh, there's really no set piece at the beginning of, of uh, No Time to Die. It's it's quite a slow, almost like a flashback um, drama, 30 minutes. Like, there's one little explosion, but it's, I wouldn't call it a, uh, a set piece by any means. That leads into, like, a, a, a smaller car chase. Um, but it's certainly not, you know... Uh, Anything you might have seen in previous movies where Bond in, in the opening 10 minutes is like hanging from a helicopter. And the crane stuff was fairly early. In, you know, in, yeah. In, in Skyfall or Casino Royale. Yeah, Casino Royale had the, has the big um, parkour, you know, introduction, all that stuff. Yes. Um, it's, it's a bit slow. And I, I think it gradually gets better the longer it goes, as opposed to having like a sagged middle. 
I, th- I, I, I think I liked each act more than the previous one. Um, Anna de Armas from Knives mm-hmm. Out, fully yes. also starring Daniel Craig. Um, she shows up and is like the best thing about the film. Um, just make her bond. She's the next bond. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's in the film. She has like a, a Spider-Man in Civil War style yeah she shows up oh, right okay she shows up is the best part of the film and she's like right goodbye <laughs> uh and apparently she wasn't originally supposed to be in it at all it was supposed to be uh jeffrey wright's felix Leiter who goes on the mission with bond but daniel craig apparently i guess liked working with her on knives out and wanted a part written for her in the film so she shows up is the best thing about the film for like she's only in it for like 20 minutes maybe um is like fantastic and in fact the performances across the board i thought were really great i even liked um the little uh, appearance by christoph waltz i think he's better in this one than he was in inspector uh, again for a short amount of time he's in it um and bombshell i didn't even mind remy malik in it i thought he was pretty good and i hated him in bohemian rhapsody well yeah, that's I, a whole that's a whole other kettle of fish, I suppose, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Like I, I don't think I've liked him really in anything I've seen him in. But in this one I thought he was pretty good. Uh even if I I saw someone else comment this, so I won't claim to to own it, even if he sounds like he's performing with his Oscar shoved up his arse. <laughs> uh, which he kinda does, to be fair. <laughs> Oh, he does that. Uh, I'm a villain voice. <sighs> the Eddie Redmayne in uh, monologue, yeah. monologue. I thought he was pretty good. His facial acting is very good. Maybe more so than his, his vocal acting. But I thought he was pretty good. He, he doesn't have a huge amount to do as the villain. And mm. um, without spoiling anything, the the villain uh, aspect of the film is is maybe spread uh, over more than one character. But. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought the plot was pretty compelling. There's some revelations towards the end that I, that are unique to the series that I thought were pretty pretty well done. Um, and it's a Bond movie that has maybe more of a heart at the core of it than they usually do. Um, as well as, like I said, being really well directed. Having some... And another thing about Spectre, just quickly, the action scenes are shit in Spectre. <laughs> Uh, I, I think I've pointed this out before, but like one of my least favorite tropes in, in modern action films is the Krav Maga fighting that the yeah. Dark Knight, uh, <laughs> yeah. popularized. My God, Spectre is just that. It's just lads in chokes, banging into walls, doing... In No Time to Die Happily, the action scenes are really good. The car chases are really, really good and fun. Even the action is a bit more kung fu-y without, without being like kung fu but like high kicks and like running and clothesline and blah, blah, blah. yeah the action, the action is is way more dynamic than uh than specters and yeah overall I, I was really impressed it is long granted um, i saw but, that and i was a bit mm, but you know it's long and if it and it feels long but unlike specter i don't think there is an easy b Cut. plot or, or, an, or an easy 30 minutes that you'd cut out of it i didn't i didn't really fair enough to uh, no, you could you could cut at least half an hour of that. <laughs> Give me about an hour. No, no, I like I I agree that the film would be better served by being half an hour shorter. But I I couldn't easily point to a thirty minute stretch that could be cut out. Oh, not one stretch, maybe. But there were certain scenes that were ten minutes instead of five minutes that maybe you could chop pretty quickly. Yeah, even the opening opening kind of scene flashback was a bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe the beginning. I agree. The open, the opening scene is is a little slow. Is a little it, like slow. it took about forty minutes to get to the opening credits. Like the yeah. the, the um, traditional Bond, you know, shooting the Bond song. Barrel, barrel of the screen, everything. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, took yeah, ages yeah. to get there, but um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, 
I don't know. I'd have to rewatch Spectre. I had, I had the same problem with Spectre. I really enjoyed it while watching it, but as soon mm. as I'd finished, I was like, that didn't make any fucking sense. That was, that was stupid, <laughs> you know. But I enjoyed it while watching it. But as soon as you stop, it's yeah. like, this is stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and yeah, just watching it back, the action is so mundane, and the direction they go with the with the blowfell. And funnily enough, here's the thing, quickly, uh, which is not nothing to do with a review, but just something I want to bring up is. You know, this modern thing the films do, it was like uh, Star Trek Into Darkness did, Spectre did. Um, oh, there's another example I can't think of now. Um, but where they cast a character, like take Into Darkness as an example, they cast Benedict Cumberbatch, and they're like, mm-hmm. that's not Can. That's uh, just... blah, 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 blah. That's a different guy. And then, of course, there's like a twist in the film that it, mm. it's Khan. And then the same with Spectre, where Christoph Waltz was cast as like, that's Franz Oberhauser. That's not Blofeld. Uh, and then there's then there's a twist in the film, which is like the the, the worst kept secret since like CM Punk debut in AW, which was, <laughs> it's, it's Blofeld, right? But I was watching the Blu-ray with subtitles on. And the first time he shows up before the revelation, it goes, Blofeld. Why? No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Even the people who made the Blu-ray didn't give a fuck about that twist. Stupid. And surely it would have been better from like a marketing point of view and, and all that to just say, look, Christoph Waltz cast Blofeld. Is that going to be fucking good? Come see the movie. As opposed to, no, 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 he's he's not pleased. Some other guy. Fucking stupid. Like, stop doing that. Just... Mm-hmm. Announce that it's the person that it is instead of doing this stupid subterfuge and pretending it's someone else. And then, oh, there's a twist in the film. Oh, actually, it's him. Oh, that's stop. Um, I also watched Cinderella in the week. Um, what Cinderella is this? Uh, not the new one, the 1950 cartoon one. Oh, okay. Mm. Um, uh, Natty just pulled up on TikTok or something a clip of Cinderella, and then we're like, let's just watch it. And then we just stuck it on. This is not only 19 minutes or whatever. Facebook, not not TikTok. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's it's all right. It's, it, one thing I didn't, because I haven't seen Cinderella probably, I used to have it on VHS, but I probably haven't seen it in about 25 years. So I didn't remember much of it. It's like 75% the, the, the mice and the cat. Mm. And then like 25% Cinderella and the sisters and the ball. Uh, so if, it, at times it feels like a, uh, a feature length Tom and Jerry <laughs> cartoon. <laughs> and then there's then there's a bit of deep when Cinderella goes to the ball, and that, that stuff's all fun. Um I suppose it's a fairly basic story they had to pad out for the purpose of it. It's Disney it's movie. fairly basic storytelling, but at the same time, you know, Pinocchio came out even if not even earlier. I think Pinocchio was a, a masterpiece. I think it's one of the, Disney's best films they've ever made. Um yeah, it feels maybe more like along Sleeping Beauty lines, which is, you know, it, it has a concept that is there, but it's, it's fairly threadbare. So, like, well, we better pat it out with more mice adventures and the dog and the cat and they're running around chasing them all. You know, it, it's, it's not bad, but um, I, I wouldn't necessarily hold it in the, the higher echelon of the, the best Disney movies. That's all the films I watched. That's the films Paul watched. Uh, I watched a new release this week. Uh, I went to the cinema on Friday, uh, which was a launch day for two big films um, in in this part of the world. This was the busiest I have seen yeah. the cinema since COVID began. When I when I went to see No Time to Die, the queue for like popcorn and that was 
maybe three or four rows deep of going like back and forth, back and forth, right. back and forth. And I was scared. I was like, oh, geez, it's going to be packed. Forgetting that it was going to be Venom. And of course, everyone was there to see Venom. And, and Halloween was the same day as well. Halloween. Oh, um, maybe which Halloween. is really weird because so they, they pushed Venom in this part of the world to avoid clashing with Bond. I guess the perception that in Europe, Bond is a bigger deal and shouldn't be fucked with. Yeah, but then they put then they put. I mean, I suppose Venom would probably demolish Halloween. I would say, and apparently it has been. Yeah, yeah. apparently it's been super well. Um, but like discounting, um, discounting the midnight launches for both the last Avengers movies, which were absolute pandemonium, sardine tin situations. Just discounting those, the two busiest cinema experiences i've ever had in my adult life have been the fucking venom movies both of them the first the first one was crazy me and my roommate were running late we didn't book online we had to go uh, and buy them at the till the dudes at the till the next next row over from us were told it sold out so we literally beat them to the punch and we had to sit in the front row because literally every other seat was taken mm-hmm. this is like the biggest franchise that's not the marvel cinematic universe in the world but i did go and see it um it is I think really, really fun. I think it is. I think it retains a lot of the weird peaks of Venom One. Venom One, obviously, not a lot of people really. It was pretty, pretty consistently derided. I, I liked it. I think most people who did deride it said there was chestnuts of decent bits in it, but it was just a fairly poorly made film. That in the midst of that poorly made film, you kind of have Tom Hardy going ham. And it's kind of amusing, and you kind of wish there was more of that. Venom 2, I think, is generally way more consistent. It's a much sharper film uh, beginning to end. And I think it maintains most of what was good in the first one. Like, it leans... I really can't emphasize enough how much it leans into the uh, body cop, legitimately homoerotic Venom Eddie Brock. Like, and not even me picking up... Like, that, that is... That is the theme of the movie. Like there is a weird, there is a weird, they all but say that they're gay. They all but say that they are in a relationship. <laughs> like they just go super hard in that direction. And, and like the, um, the Anne character from the previous film is back in this one in a much lesser role. Um, I don't want to say too much about how things play out for spoilery reasons, but I, they, they didn't go in a kind of obvious tropey direction. I thought they might've gone, which I actually really enjoyed. <laughs> Um, I thought it was really good. I genuinely laughed multiple times. Uh, I thought the action wasn't great. It's first of all, it's like 100, it's all 100% CG. It's two big CGI symbiote monsters fighting. So you're not going to get, you know, you're not going to get kind of Shang-Chi where it's like a lot of CGI, but they've got really cool choreography at the middle of it. This is just, this is just big fucking mutants fighting each other, you know? Uh, but I think there's at least some visually interesting CGI for a change, um, I think as far as Marvel third act CGI messes go, this one is not the worst. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And it was uh, 90 minutes. And I, I, I think it was arguably even a little bit short at that. But I appreciate coming out of one of these movies going, oh, I could have actually had a little bit more. I could have had a, I could have taken an additional 20 minutes in the middle specifically to flesh out some things rather than Jesus Christ. What was that 40 minutes in the middle for? It was complete overkill. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really good. Um, uh, well, I, I say really good. It was it was good, and it was um, uh, a, a fun um, build upon the very very flawed original. Um, I will say, I think Carnage is a shitty character anyway. 
It's such a fucking 90s comic book character. The most twisted, crazy, murdering fucking murder man who loves to fucking murder. He loves fucking killing people. He can't fucking get enough of it. He loves it. There's like no, there's like no irony. There's no fucking anything to it. It's literally just he's the most demented guy ever. And now he's got the biggest power ever. That's it. And like. Woody Harrelson is trying. It's not that he's not. I feel like, but him trying really hard makes it worse. I feel like it's just, it's really grating. I don't think it's a, it's a good character anyway. I don't think it's a good version of that character. Um, so it's, Venom's like, oh, for two on, on compelling villains, I would say. Um, and even well, I though I can't wait for him to fight a blue Venom in the next. Well, this is this is the thing, and I think we said this after the first film. I'm like, his most famous enemy is another symbiote monster. So why did you do the first film where he already has fought one? I know that's a big thing in the comics. There's like 15 million ones in the comics, but yeah. for a film, you can't have every film be he fights a different colored symbiote that's exactly like him. I mean, they they make they explain some differences, but it's not. You know, it's it's not perfect. It still has it still has uh, um, some problems that the genre on the whole has. But uh, I enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. And uh, if you have not yet been spoiled on the post credit scene, it's probably one of the more notable ones in the genre for quite a while. It's pretty good. Um, I had it spoiled on me, um, so I was kind of looking forward to watching it and seeing would anyone gasp or or anything like that, uh, but they didn't. They, I, I had a feeling, I think everyone who was there, because it was launched, and I was like, okay, these people care enough, they've probably read about it online. Um, but yeah, so stay for that. Um, yeah, so that is the only uh, new release I watched uh, this week. Uh, I watched a lot of Halloween movies. I don't need to talk about them in depth. These are things that have been talked about on this show to death. Uh, I I I upgraded my copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre to a Blu-ray. Uh, it was the 40th anniversary Blu-ray. Toby Hooper worked on it just before he passed away, so like was hands-on with the transfer of it, which is the main reason I got it. Most of the features on it are things I already had on my DVD copy. DVD copy I have, I think, funny enough, I think it's a 20th uh, anniversary one. It's, it's really not actually very good at all. It's uh. The video file is like four by three, and then the video itself is like sixteen by nine within four by three. It's got lots of horrible artifacting on it. It's just, it just kind of, it, it almost looks like it's pirated, like a very, just a very bad amateurish transfer. This one, amazing widescreen, the colors pop, you know, all that fucking scenery in the first and in the first third and the last third of the movie. Uh, it really gets, it, it gets across the visuals of the film without compromising them, without them looking too movie-ish uh, in a way so so big thumbs up on that i would I, if anyone doesn't own a copy of that movie i would say that is the version to get watch that still great uh again uh, other stuff here that i talk about like every halloween Shaun of the dead revenge you're next they're all very very entertaining uh re-watched evil dead for the first time in years and years i didn't really like it i feel like i, I um it, it is kind of this like legendary low budget film but i feel like the Evil Dead legacy, the Evil Dead franchise legacy is kind of these remarkable practical effects. And there's some good ones. There's also a lot of stuff where it's just kind of like you can see the seams, for lack of a better term, in 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 the makeup. It's very amateurish. The script is not great. They didn't, they had not, for better or worse, they had not leaned into Ash as a quipping anti-hero cool guy in this one. So Bruce uh, um, Campbell, Campbell is kind of just faffing around in generic 
protagonist mode. He he has uh, he's the protagonist. I feel like he has about like six lines, and it's like almost like a running joke to the movie. He gets clowned on the whole way through, just slapped around like a little idiot. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I don't think it's held up especially well, especially since two specifically, which I haven't rewatched yet, but I know from watching it, it's basically kind of like, all right, listen, we did one with no budget. Give us a big, massive budget, and we'll go fucking mental. We'll do the same basic movie again, but it'll be really good this time. Um, so yeah, one, I, I you know, it's uh, obviously uh, has its place in, in history, but I, I didn't love it. Uh, rewatched VHS. I haven't watched that in quite a while. Also, doesn't, it's not great. Um, I kind of, I realized watching, I have not yet done my yearly rewatch of Blair Witch, but I'm watching VHS. I was like, you know what? I think I just fucking hate found footage. It, they're just bad. I mean, if you do not capture the Blair Witch level of realism where it actually looks like this could have been real t- actual footage that people found, all you're doing is just by choice having a movie that looks like shit. And VHS looks like shit the whole way through. Yeah. Um, it's an anthology, which I do like. The first film's good enough, and then it's all downhill which is the worst thing. You hate to have a good one at the beginning and then the rest let you down. Um, and I think... Oh, no, sorry, I've got two more here. I watched... Uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer, which is not great, but it's it's great if you want some real 90s pulp, like the quintessential 90s cast. Like, you forget... Until the names are popping up on that screen, you forget that they had the all-star team, um, you know, in that one. And I watched for the first time uh, Halloween 4, hmm. which was shit. <laughs> um, really boring uh, obviously I, I didn't like the I know like 3 kind of has like cult status as this weird offshoot movie I, I thought mm. 3 was shit as well I don't know I, I didn't get the hype about it at all and then 4 but by, by contrast 4 feels so soulless they go back to the Michael Myers story no Jamie Lee Curtis so you've got this new cast who are not very good and they they just they just they play the hits. They do Halloween again, but not as good. Uh, yeah, not good. Um, I, I'm going to try and <laughs> get through the rest of them before the new one. But uh, four was was pretty dang poor. Uh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the old Halloween movie updates. Um, uh, Joe, what have you been watching? Uh, just just the one movie and an old one. So Michelle was out last week, so I got to watch a horror movie. Um, so I watched <laughs> Urban Legends. Um, one of my one of my fave um, post scream kind of slasher movies. Yeah. Um, so I think that's actually a really good. Is like if you look at ratings for it on Letterboxd or whatever, it's probably absolutely dreadful. But yeah. actually, I actually think it's quite a funny, quite a funny, clever kind of movie. Um, so basically, takes famous urban legends, the sort of things that I would spend hours reading about on Snopes.com back in uh, nineteen ninety nine, um, before they had to dedicate the entire website to debunking, you know. Uh, pedophile rings and satanic vaccination <laughs> uh, conspiracies. Back in the day, it used to be about Coca-Cola and yeah. urban legends. You know? uh, no, the guy was not on the roof of the car. You know, Yeah, um, no, you, you can't melt uh, a table in a vat of Coca-Cola overnight or something. <laughs> there is no evidence that there was actually two Ultimate Warriors. <laughs> yeah, so it takes, it takes all those kind of very famous or traditional urban legends and someone is basically making them real. That's the conceit of the movie, but it's it's very funny. It's a very funny movie and um, decent kind of scares and, and story. Reminds me a bit of something like Death Day. Um, yeah, yeah, bit, you know, quite funny. Not not overly scary, but it's not supposed to be too scary. It's just a kind of comedy, more a comedy horror. But yeah, do uh, enjoy that. So I might sneak in a few more over the, the Halloween period. 
Yeah, I yeah, another because I think I watched that last year. I might I might get a rewatch that. If you haven't watched, I know what you did last summer. Yes, I would I would definitely because it's in that it, it, so much of that post Scream stuff. Yeah, was people not really doing Scream as well, but still having a bit of a laugh doing it. You know, um, very schlocky in 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 a fun way. Yeah, um, it's, well, speaking of Scream, I don't know if you saw the new the trailer for the new one. I actually um, didn't, but I, I heard about it. Yeah. Looks a bit boring. Uh, it's coming out. <laughs> it's coming out in January, which is a weird one, given that it's Halloween now. So why yeah, are you putting it Halloween. Is it a fuck you? It's January situation. I don't know. Possibly. Keep an eye yeah, because they've got like because they. So I have literally only ever seen the first film. I have not mm. seen any of the sequels. I have not seen any of the Netflix thing, the show. Yeah. Um. Is is Neve Campbell in all of them, or I don't know? Yeah, that... she she's in all of them. Okay. Um, she's sort of the main character in the first three, and then the fourth one was a bit of a soft reboot. But she's okay. sort of in it as the kind of older, basically the Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween kind of right. situation, where right. she's yeah, she's not the the scream queen, last girl anymore, but she's um, in it. But this one kind of looks almost like a another sort of soft reboot, but back to the screen. So it's focused on her and. Um, WCW champion David Arquette <laughs> and um, Courtney Cox as well. The Cox, the Coxinator back. Cox I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. I think it's the original. I'm, I was a huge fan of the original Scream. It was the first horror movie I ever saw, and I still have some very kind of you know, fond space in my heart. Um, but it's easy to forget. I mean, you mentioned Halloween Four there, which came out in must have been late eighties, I think. Mm. Um, it's easy to forget, like late eighties, early nineties, how bad horror was. Like there was right. no. There was no good horror movies. It was all just those kind of shit sequels and absolute rubbish. Friday the 13th sequels. It was just sequel, sequel, sequel. And then Scream came along in kind of 96 and sort of just rebooted the whole thing. And then, yeah, last 25 years, we've just had these, this whole kind of different horror, horror genre. So yeah, that's one for next year. Yeah. I must check that out. Actually. I I, I don't know how I, I didn't, I'll, I'll check out that trailer after, after this. Uh, Paul said he did not see it just before we, we got started here. Joe, you didn't see the Batman trailer. Did you? Oh, I did watch that. Yeah. Very excited for that. It looks, it looks pretty dang good. What my main, my main takeaway from it was, I mean, it's looking very dark, which Mm -hmm. I think we're, we're all a little bit sick of the, 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 the dark, especially after the Snyder movies where he leans so heavy mm-hmm. on it. But like stylish is, is you know, stylish dark, yeah. like, I'll, I'll, you know, and like the, the few like cityscape shots they got in there, they're like, oh yeah, you're making a fucking comic book movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're making a, yeah. a dark brooding stylish comic book movie. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it looked, it looked pretty dang, pretty dang neat. It looks good. It looks very noir, a bit more noir than some yes. of the other ones. And, um, Obviously, I love Paul Dano as well. He's fantastic, so I can't Tremendous. wait to see him as the Riddler. I'm sure, that'd be really good. And uh, Colin Farrell as well in his um, in his uh, <laughs> rubber mask. <laughs> I'm I sure mean, it'll be great. I'm sure it'll that, be great. that was shocking when those images first came out, but then seeing this trailer in motion, like you, you cannot tell it's him. Like it's yeah. it's. It's. I assume it's prosthetics, and he doesn't look like that now. Uh, <laughs> but, but they are they are some of the best prosthetics I've seen for that level of transformation. Uh, in a while, uh, yeah, yeah. They use, they use that Nirvana song again in the beginning of the trailer, but it like peaks. There's a, the the trailer peaks with like Penguin's car turning and Batman comes out of things, and they've got like like a like a new great Batman theme as he's walking through this. They're like, ah, movies, yes, fucking. Remember when superheroes had theme music? You know that was great. Um, yeah, so that was that was uh, that was that was good, and that's March of next year, I do believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, on the fan dome, uh, 
I suppose uh, there's not really actually. I put it here in the game guff as we as we move into game guff. There's not really too much game stuff to talk about on it. They had two trailers for the new not Arkham game that features Batman characters and the Suicide Squad game, but they were both story. You know, here's here's Harley Quinn making jokes trailers, and we got to hear some Samoa Joe doing the 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 shark voice. But yeah, not not really anything else to go on there um, on the game front. Uh, Paul, what have you been playing this week? Uh, finished Halo 4. Alrighty. Uh, and so Let's I finally... Uh, it's like my second favorite one. Oh, after, really? After okay. Halo 2. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, came, I came around on a big time. There's a lot of variety in it. Variety in it. Um, the longer levels kind of work in its favor as well towards the end. Um, yeah, I, I, re- I really, really enjoy it. There's some really fun... Um, in, in the last level... Uh, there's some really fun uh, Star Fox style spaceship flying shooting. Uh, you're basically you're in an X-wing. You're right, flying with that. Yeah, I came around on a big time. I talked about it a little bit more last week, but uh, I don't have like an official Halo ranking or anything. But I would have Halo Two as the best one. I probably have Halo Four just under that. Um, so I finished that, which meant that I'm finally able to uninstall Master Chief Collection. <laughs> free from, up uh, a lot of gigabytes. 132 gigs free, right? And I was like, right, well, I'll download Halo 5 now, which will only be like 30 gig. And then I'll be playing away at that some bitch. Uh, Halo 5 Guardians, like 97 gigs. Because uh, all multiplayer shite. Yeah, and you can't do you can't do the selective download where you get rid of it. What really? No, no, no. I'm surprised at that name. So in the meantime, while that was downloading, I started playing Perfect Dark. Ah, uh, yes, okay. The original the, X, the Xbox 360 remaster oh, yes. of the N64. Right, 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 right. Yes. Um, and that's because I'd never played the original. I do own it on on N64, but um, you know, just the ease of playing it on Xbox with the yeah, the, the little quality of life improvements that come with that—the the dual stick controlling and the upraised graphics and all that—meant uh, that that was the the way to play. And yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's not what I expected it to be. It's it's far closer tonally to like Time Splitters than it is Goldeneye. Right. It, it's a very tongue in cheek kind of funny game almost it's not like comedy by any means but it's a it's a wacky sci-fi adventure with talking aliens and silly quips and a wacky plot it's not you know it's by no means the serious game that the uh the new one coming out seems like it's gonna be and to an extent perfect dark zero which i i owned but never beat um yeah really enjoyable uh, I, I definitely think there's a, a gap in the market for that kind of first-person shooter, that objective-based first-person shooter, where you know the the objectives you have to do scope, you know, change with the the difficulty, they scale with the difficulty, and uh, the health bar with the the uh, the shield and all that. The way that, the way I just I just love the way they they play, the way they control and all all the setup for for GoldenEye levels and Perfect Dark levels. So I'd give it a thumbs up, even playing it with today's eyes. eyes. Uh, I think I think it holds up somewhat. It still has stuff like auto aim because the aiming's a bit is, isn't isn't what modern aiming is. Let's say, which makes it a bit easier. Yeah, Play, playing on one stick back in the day, I imagine, was a pain in the hole. Yeah, 
Um, also, the, the other thing as well, if you were playing that N64 version, you'd be playing it at a beautiful 17 frames a second, if I recall yeah. correctly. Uh, 17 frames per second at 144p. <laughs> yeah, and the postage stamp fucking. <laughs> on a 40 inch telly. Yeah. Um, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was well worth the trip down. Memory, well, not memory lane, because I never played it back in the day, but the trip to the past. Uh, yeah, holds it pretty well. Pretty, pretty. Pretty pretty fun if it, and it's on Game Pass, so people have never checked out Perfect Dark. It's it's you know it's like a four hour campaign. Let's say like yeah. I, I played through it on Agent. I didn't play it on like the, the no oh, yeah. Who cares? Yeah, I just wanted to experience it because I never played it. Yeah. But it's, I, I'd say it's well worth well worth a go. And especially I think, if you uh, if you're a fan of Goldeneye, I, I I gave it a spin myself when I got the the Xbox as well, and it's like I can kind of see as well like. They're bringing it back, which I actually forgot. They they said they're they're doing a reboot and kind of playing it back. I'm kind of like, you know what the thing? I'm sure people think, oh, that must mean they're trying to make a new like GoldenEye successor. It's like, yeah, but like Perfect Dark, it's also kind of cool because it's like a weird spy thing with loads of stupid gadgets and and it's got like thick layer of of spies irony on it. Not quite satire. It's not like a comedy intentionally, but it's definitely irony. Yeah, yeah it's definitely knowing. It's knowing. I'll say that. Um, yeah, just on the subject before we go to your your other games there. I mean, I I, I have to get your take on this N sixty four switch on. Ah, we we t- what do we say, lads? It was like oh five five year or more year ten maybe. 10. And I, I, I thought that wasn't even that wasn't even like fantasy booking. That was me thinking, looking at the current price, going it's twenty quid, and I was like, well, it's two systems. Like they're adding this the Sega thing as well. So I'm like. I could see him sticking a tenner on. I mean, that's a fifty percent markup, but I think you know uh, maybe. But yeah, five or five or would be grand. I, I was thinking in the back of my mind, there's a way they might surprise me, and it'll be something mental. I legitimately never thought it would be the price it ended up being. Now it's the same price as a year of PlayStation Plus. Like it's crazy. Yeah, they they found a way to. <sighs> I don't know. And like, mad. trying mad. to sweeten the deal by throwing in DLC for a game I'm not playing anymore exactly. uh, does not work. And also, I saw a lot of people asking very legitimate questions. Uh, what happens if you're a massive Animal Crossing player? You get this shit, then you don't renew it. Where does your DLC go? Yeah. Because uh, none of these other companies, as far as I can tell, unless there's an obvious example, I have never seen DLC stuck on uh, PS Plus because the logistics of how that would be authenticated and work are very yeah. odd um well it's, it's it's strange in the way that you can buy the dlc separately and then you own it forever or you can pay the extortionate nintendo switch online expansion pass price but then you don't own it forever you only have it for the duration of your your uh subscription it's very it's weird they're a weird company nintendo to be they fair. are they are absolutely odd Bonkers. we will <laughs> We will say that. Uh, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just say I will not be buying. I, I will be sticking to my cheap version. Thanks. I, I, to be honest, I like they've, I, they've really made me think. Well, do I even need the cheap version? Because I was kind of like, I boot up an SNES thing once or twice a year and play, play, and play it for a day or two, and I'm like, yeah, and I like, I like having that option. And it's like, if it was an extra fiver to play Mario Kart once a year, I would keep it. But yeah. now they're making, and the real question I'm asking myself is, I don't play anything on online. I don't use the online part of it. I don't. I play nothing online yeah. uh, with the Switch. But sure, listen, we'll, we'll, I'll keep it for now anyway, because I have the year one anyway. Uh, what else were you playing anyway, aside from aside from the aforementioned Perfect Dark? Well, Halo 5 did eventually download and install. Okay. Uh, so I'm playing that at the moment. I'm 
two thirds of the way through that. I'm on, I'm on mission ten of fifteen. Um, so coming towards the end. Um, I am enjoying. It. I'm not sure I'm, I'm liking as much as Halo Four, uh, or or Halo Three, or Reach, or ODST. Um, they yeah, they changed the pacing of it a lot from Halo Four, where the, it's it's back to like shorter missions, but the missions are very enemy intense. So it almost feels like a bullet hell at some points. Um, and that's just what the game is now. It's just you go, you, you're dropped into a level, you, you do a little bit of exploration, in inverted commas, and then you, you go into a big area where there's 500 enemies and you just have like a shootout for 15 right. minutes and then you proceed. And it's just that. Um, which is fun early on. Like I, I like the hectic feel of it, um, but it doesn't feel like the game is... is scaling or like getting more intense as you go on it just feels like that constantly and it's not bad by any means but um i'd love a (laughs) i never thought i'd say it but i'd love a warthog based mission (laughs) right about now just let me drive a car for 10 minutes and not be shooting nine million enemies yeah uh it's fine i also don't like that you know reminiscent of the excellent halo 2 you're only playing as master chief for part of the game okay and you play the other half, let's say. It's actually not even half. It's more. You, you, you play as Master Chief for like four missions. And the rest of the game you're playing is just some other military lad. It's not even like Halo 2 where you're like one of the Covenant. It yeah. plays like different. You have different weapons. You're just a different military guy. and play, you, I, I couldn't tell you on a given level if I was Master Chief or if I was the other fella. Because they're basically the same. Um, so it's not a bad review by any means. Uh, some of the changes they made I'm not necessarily in favor of. But it's fine. And... I'm, I'll, be, I'll be finished by this time next week. And then it'll be on something else. I also played... I had a, oh, let me tell you about this. I had a, a good Xbox customer service experience. Mm. Uh, so first of all, I, I downloaded that eFootball free-to-play... Oh, yes. Uh, this is the Pro Evolution. Pro Evo. Yeah. 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 Oh, dead on arrival, baby. Yeah, that I heard it was a, on fire. Yeah. It's a big old pile of shit. Um... Like there, there's problems with it that are you know because it's the early release, mm. so it's it's a glorified demo. There's like nine teams in it. the The time you can play an offline match is locked to like five minutes or ten minutes, and nothing in between. The difficulty is locked. Yeah, the, I don't know what the fuck. Can mad. I? Can I actually? Can I? Just, so, what is the what is the free and paid delineation? What is the what are you paying for, and what do you get as the free package? <laughs> Or is that a loaded question that's no, hard to answer? No, no, no. So, free to play in its current state, you have online mode and offline mode. Okay. So I I never play online because I'm smoked. I'm not that good at it. Yeah. Yeah. So I play offline with like my friend, and we play like couch co-op or not co-op, but couch multiplayer with the way God intended. Hmm. And um, so if you're playing that, you have nine teams you have access to in the whole world. Nine teams, okay? Um, <laughs> and the match length is locked to five minutes. I think you can maybe pick ten, okay. but it has like six, seven, eight. Those are all grayed out. You cannot select them. Right. Uh, the game difficulty, if you want to play against CPU, is also locked to a specific one. Um. And by virtue of the, the low number of teams, there's only a certain number of you know, stadiums and so on. Um, there is paid content out, which is a premium player pass, right? Right. Which you can buy now, 
the actual content hasn't been released yet. So it's basically a pre-order wow. for for what is basically their equivalent of like FIFA's Ultimate Team. So it's like the cards. Right. Uh, I assume I, I, I assume when they went free, it was like they got to be doing some card shit. There absolutely yeah. has to be card shit in this. Uh, the online gives you like more teams, like 200 teams in the uh, online game, but only if right. you're playing online, not offline. That's so Whatever bizarre. Whatever sense that makes. Well, if we if if we thought Nintendo were mad, Konami are are equally mad. To be fair, uh, the yeah. the game doesn't doesn't play well. Um, they they had a really solid engine that they used for Pro Evolution, and they just decided to build it from the ground up, and it doesn't really work. Mm. Um, the 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 players are very sluggish. The ball will bounce off them, and instead of running to get the ball, they'll do like a Whoa, like like they're gonna fall over animation. Yeah. Um, look, I gave it a try. It, it, Pez is dead. It, it, this this eFootball thing is not going to catch on. Um, the free-to-play model is, you know, it being Konami, as it turns out, it was not a kind of, uh, you know, consumer-friendly yeah. way to go. They, they've they've essentially packed up and 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 this is not this is not work. This, this, that's, this, is, this is dead. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's kind of the thing because like there have been like because I assume again this is a you know because it's free. I assume it's a live service game of some of some description where they're going to be putting yeah. out updates for it. There have been plenty of those that have launched like shit. But if you're if you're Ubisoft, you just say okay, well listen, we just fucking we're going to have to fix it and we're going to make it better and we promise. And they've done that with things like the division. And there's actually some genuine success stories where teams and publishers specifically put money into the idea of we are fixing this. We fucking guarantee you're fixing this. But Konami, if they don't get like immediate return on investment on this, I mean, you you'd kind of have to imagine like in a year they could pull the plug and pull the plug might mean go back to releasing Pez games or it might just mean more fun, as they've, as they're getting very close to doing, they might just say, fuck this video game shit and never make another one. Um, uh, I mean, and, and they're punching from below already. With yeah. Just yeah. FIFA. So, like this really needed to hit the ground running, and it fortunately hasn't. Um, so that's been uninstalled, never to be touched again. Yeah. <laughs> and you look, if Pez is dead, I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to go against my word and just become a FIFA guy. So, mm-hmm. I I had a fifty euro, um, one for all voucher lying around, and so I went on the Xbox digital store and said, right, give us that FIFA. Give us that FIFA 22. And so I bought it, started to download it, and then, wait, what's it? Xbox One version? What's this Xbox One version shit? So, as far as I know, Xbox and their store has been very good for, like, smart delivery and giving you... you know. Yeah. Um. So they have, for whatever reason, two versions of FIFA on the store. The Xbox One version, which is cheaper than the Xbox Series X slash S version. Mm. And so I, I bought the wrong one. Uh, so historically being a ps4 man and and before my understanding is you know you go on the digital storefront you buy a game oh you made a mistake tough shit enjoy your game shit baby (laughs) so i went i i had a quick google on on xbox's policy as as far as it goes for digital games and they do have a page where you can request a refund given certain criteria right so I, I I sent them a message saying, look, I, I I meant to buy the the proper one. I bought the old one, and uh, can you help me out? And so I I did get my money refunded. Wow! 
Fair play. Very good. So this is my good customer service story. Now, if you guys were to guess, right? I have I still have the emails. The time between the original purchase being confirmed and the refund being confirmed, the the money falling back into my account, how long do you reckon that duration was? Three hours. Three hours would be bloody good, eh? I I'm cheating because I have had a little bit of Microsoft customer support. I'll have yeah. to go Three days is what I'm thinking. Four minutes. What? (laughs) (laughs) I I, I immediately got a reply that was like, yeah, no worries. Here's your refund. Wow. And I I was like, that's as good as it gets. That's that's pretty good. It's, yeah, the, 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 the smart delivery stuff is weird because I think so many people do it, but it is technically opt in on the publisher side. Yeah, yeah, and and EA are I think are very much they have a next gen tax. They want you to they do not want you to just yeah. get get the one you want. You have to pay. Uh, who, there was some game I can't remember what it was. Because um, yeah, Horizon the, the Horizon sequel is one of them. They're they're like locking the upgrade behind a special edition of the game. Not even pay ten quid later to upgrade. You cannot upgrade a PS4 to five if you don't buy this specific version of the game when yeah. you buy it. Lots of weird shit like that going on. But the, the most people publishing on Xbox, except for EA, um, opt into that whole thing of you just get the best version. Yeah. And like, I want the best version. I have the new console. I don't want to be playing the Xbox One version. I don't mind to pay. Like, I, I'm I paid like not twenty euro for it because I had the voucher, so it's not yeah. a good deal. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't want the Xbox One version. No, no, no that defeats. Yeah, no, you want because like, especially like a sports game, like you want it at the highest. It, look, it, it looks great. To be fair, it looks yeah. great. Yeah, I, I, like for, like frame rate really matters on a game like that. I mean, it actually genuinely does. Yeah. Um, so so yeah that's fair well done microsoft fair yeah play, very fair, good fair play um, to the boys. and fifa like I, I you know i've often rallied against fifa but to be fair i'm getting used to it uh it's still pace is still way overpowered if you have a fast player on your team like rashford who's the fucking fastest person in the world in this game you will win if you just base your entire style of play around your fast players so there's still a bit of you know it's a bit unbalanced in my opinion, but look, I have to get used to it, and uh, it, it's not it's not the worst game in the world. But that's all I've been playing. Uh, I did have another uh, uh, game pass joint that we can make mention of. I gave a spin to Back for Blood, which is the uh, some of the people involved in the Left 4 Dead doing their own independent thing. I was not even someone who was mad into those games when they first out. I, I have played them. They're, they're they're fun and stuff like that. But this is, it was kind of a crazy kind of, you pick up the controller, you move around, you're like, oh, oh, yeah, it's that. It is like, it feels super like that. Um, I did I did the tutorial. I played a game at Randos and I did play a game with a buddy of mine. Um, I, it's, I think it's a big... And I would consider this a negative because I like having the option to play a game myself. It's a big, you have to have people. You have to have people to play that with, which is why I'm glad it's on Game Pass because I would hate to drop money, which is why I never got into the division or any of that stuff because I couldn't pay 70 quid. And then all my friends like, oh, no, I I don't play that. Or I can play it for an hour on this night. Um, It's it's good if if you've never played a Left 4 Dead game. It's basically you kind of just walk from one point of a level to the next with hordes and hordes and hordes and hordes of zombies. Um, They have like what they call like an AI director, quote unquote. 
So they pop the enemies out of different locations at different times, different types of enemies based on the way you play. So that so the game is designed to be replayable multiple times, um, and uh, it's it's good. I mean, it's it's you've got you know um, uh, there's some pretty basic puzzling. There's some pretty basic teamwork that you'll need to do uh, with people. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it absolutely seems like something you can't play on your own, including uh, this game also had a, a, a questionable launch. They have a single-player mode. There is a certain currency that you use to unlock skins, and there's something else as well. Oh, it has a card system, because every video game in 2021 has to have a card system. It's not a paid card system. It's basically, they're like modifiers. They're like, you equip, you you build a deck, and then at the beginning of every level you pick a card, and it's just something like, you heal people faster. You know, it's it's okay, it's not sure. it's, it's nothing too mental, or it's kind of like, you when you pick up ammo, you get five extra bullets. It's that kind of, it's fine, I like it. And the level, quote-unquote, the level also has a deck, and so the level will be, will play something like, uh, uh, this type of enemy spawns more. It's fine. But to build your deck, you have to spend supply points, which is also how you buy skins because it's a multiplayer game. So you yeah. don't have that. And it's not a paid currency, which is good. I appreciate that. But you earn those supply points by playing the campaign. And for reasons not clear to anyone, they basically said that doesn't count in single player. So I can't play the game on my own with bots. Well, I can. I can play it with bots, but they're like, you're basically not going to progress. You'll not unlock yeah. anything while you're playing, which is i mean like i just i genuinely i don't even like understand why like it would be incredibly shitty but i'd understand it if it was a paid yeah. currency if it was like no you have to pay to do this stuff everyone would be up in arms but this i like i was like why why can't i play your game on my own it's like you have you have a single player mode i guess i guess the idea you can you could binge it on your own and then have everything but it's not competitive with other people it's co-op like it's very very i i, I don't know what their stat i don't know if they've commented on it but people are are not happy. Um, I've said this a lot in the last couple of months. This is one where I'm glad it was on Game Pass. I think it's, I'll keep it on the Xbox on the off chance, you know, I get a text Friday night, the lad saying, hey, will we all jump on? I'll be like, yeah, it's fun. But uh, yeah, I, I, know I, I hate any game where I have to play with people. Uh, and it's also, you can match up with randos, but it's like teamwork. You have to coordinate, which means talk. And I don't want to talk to yeah. average Joe on Xbox Live. I'm, I'm 30. I've grown out of that. Um, uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's back for blood. The other thing I was playing this week was a, uh, a really fantastic game, not on Game Pass, unfortunately, but it is an Xbox title, uh, Death's Door, which is an isometric uh, action game. Uh, I had heard it described as a little bit Soulsy, a little bit isometric Souls. Like it's a hard game, but I wouldn't really call it Soulsy. I think this is one. This is a real one for the Zelda heads. Uh, I think this is a big, big uh, uh, faux Zelda type experience. You're a little, uh, you're a little crow who's effectively like a Grim Reaper character, and you have to go to the. Um, you get locked in this alternate universe where you need to go and harvest some souls uh, to open a door, and the souls involve going to a big creepy castle, which is effectively like a dungeon, and then you go to the overgrown uh, woods, and the castle and the woods both have you getting a unique item that has a mechanic that helps you solve puzzles specifically in that area. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit kind of Zelda. It's not really Metroid-y because it's not like blocking off areas until you get something later. It's more each specific area has a, a tool that you use um, uh, to get around. And it's really effing fantastic. It looks great. It sounds great. 
It's got uh, the the universe is interesting. There's not a ton of dialogue in it. You're you're not going to be reading uh, pages and pages of lore, but it's got a nice kind of fantasy setting. It's got a little uh, a little wry sense of humor uh, about it um, uh, that I greatly appreciate. And the gameplay feels fantastic. Um, it's uh, your your movement is pretty basic. You've got uh, a strike, a heavy strike, a dodge, and uh, long range attacks. And uh, yeah. Uh, it's it's really great. It was twenty quid, I think, and I think I'm near the end of it. I've heard it's about eight hours long, uh, but it's fantastic. It is really great. So if you like your Zeldas and you like a bit of a challenge, I would recommend that one. Hmm. Um, I think you'll like it, Paul. I think you will. I think you'll like it. I think the I think the art is your vibe. I think the music is your vibe, and I think there are not. It's not. I wouldn't say it's clone, but it, there's lots of classic Zelda DNA in it. I think. Okay. Um, so I think I maybe pop a pop a trailer on there or something. See if it if it takes your fancy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Death Store, and that was all for me, Joe. What were what were you up to this week on the old game front? Well, I finally put to bed uh, Doom Eternal. Um, <sighs> finished that off. Um, gave it the old one hundred percent, all the collectibles and everything. Wow. Um, really, really fun game. Just you know, a very satisfactory ending. It was a tough. Tough ending, but actually, after all of my complaints about not being very good at first-person shooter, I think by the time I got to the final, after play, playing tens and tens of hours of it over the last couple of weeks, um, I actually managed to do the, the, the final level in, in one try. Oh, um, nice. So it was it was good. It's a good game. I was like kind of comparing it back to the previous Doom, which I really loved, um, and I actually fired that one up on on the old PC um, over, uh, yesterday. Um, and it was very weird going back to a mouse and keyboard. Um, I think I've now been converted into the, the indoctrinated, indoctrinated into controller life. Yeah. The only thing that was better was aiming with the mouse. Everything else, everything else was more difficult using a keyboard. So I can, yeah, I'm kind of seeing the, the flip side of it now, but I would say that that first doom game or the 2016 doom game was better, but I struggled to necessarily put a finger on why I just, I just think it felt um in terms of the different kind of landscapes you go through more kind of visually interesting or more just more kind of compelling maybe just because it was the first the first game to come out but um i would probably say that one was slightly better i would like to give that one a replay as well but um yeah doom eternal was just exactly kind of what you want um fair amount of kind of fair amount to get through in terms of yeah. all the collectibles and everything like it's, it's you can you can have a lot of fun with it and a lot of fun going back with all the kind of cheat codes that are available in the game and just uh mowing through enemies with a chain gun <laughs> which is always, <laughs> always delightful um yeah so i'm glad i kind of got that finished um and now i'm back on my football manager bullshit Ooh. Uh, so. are you looking forward That's to the- uh fm 22 uh no i'll probably play the one i've got for the next 10 years, <laughs> it's all the same it hasn't changed football manager 2022 is going to be out uh next month on xbox game pass mm. okay so like i might give it i've never played on console before but maybe i'll give it yeah try. yeah no i'm enjoying yeah. this I, I like the football manager you can just kind of noodle away you don't have to pay too much attention i know i love it fans. love football manager move at your own pace so yeah playing that until i um, get onto a, some kind of new game but, yeah. i was gonna say is there anything else on the horizon for you switch wise um no not really i'll probably um i did lo- finally log into steam again after about a year to, to look at <laughs> doom 
um it's <laughs> had to, i just got reinstalled everything because it had all gone weird so but also downloaded made sure i downloaded all the gta games before they you know oh god knows, yeah god knows what they do we're gonna do with them so i, mm, I bought them yeah. m- many many years ago so I downloaded all of them i might give them a bit of a replay um ahead of the sort of remastered versions coming out yeah um but yeah probably a bit of gta between now and christmas but nothing no other big new games i don't think I should do that. I I own them on multiple devices. I should grab them for posterity. Um, I've never played any of them. I'll just play the remaster. You, yeah. I I, the one the one thing I saw about the remaster is they're they're putting in GTA Five style controls, and uh, to be honest, my reaction was like, yeah, good. Those I I can't go back to pressing circle to shoot a gun in a video game, or 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 like. GTA Three. I mean, like it's just it's so so. It just really goes to show how how far game design goes in twenty years. Like obviously, like you were just like playing Doom. Right stick is the aim, move, camera button in every single game. Like GTA Three, I think uh, only some guns have aim down sights, which is a bizarre rule. And one of them is like the M sixteen. It's like you hold L two to aim, and then the left stick is it goes into a literal first person in the guy's head camera and then you're moving a cursor around like it's time crisis and it's the jittery most sensitive fucking thing Uh, it's and every every other gun is lock on so if you're like oh i want to do manual in this section let me go to the one gun that has manual aiming it's it's those games are very archaic and they're, they're one of those ones that the the version you remember from 20 years ago versus the what you pick back up are completely different Mm-hmm. Um, I'll play those remasters. I, I, if like the Switch version runs anyway decently, I'll get that one. Because yeah. um, if it now if it's one of those things where it's like, oh, the Switch they shattered out, it, ran, it runs like dog shit. Like I won't. But like the <laughs> idea of having those three ready to go in the pocket is yeah. uh, uh, very tempting. And the big, the big, the only question I want answered is the music. Are you ponying up? Are you doing a Tony Khan? And are you going to pay for the music that was taken out? Of like the phone game and the digital they, ones, yeah. they literally patched it out of the Steam version. Like, come on, come on, listen, pay two packs of steak. Come on, let's do it. Um, <laughs> that was the game guff. There, big sizable game guff uh, this week. Lots of games coming out. We are in game season, I think. Yeah. Uh, no one played Metroid Dread yet, by the way. No, I my brother has. He's he's really liking it, but I haven't touched yeah. it. Yeah. I'm 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 waiting. Uh, I'm I love Super Metroid. I love Super Metroid, so I'm sure I'm going to like it. But I also want to play those Metro Prime games. I have them on that. They're on my list to play. It's never going to rent them. Yeah, I uh, I feel like that might be. I feel like I just that's one I might just wait and just like Christmas sale or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a good Christmas game. Uh, anyway, we uh, have a new first time feature on the show, courtesy of Paul Griffin. Tell me about it. It's the first annual csp spelling b it's not really a quiz i suppose it kind of is is. we're competing against each other so you know yeah it's joe versus barry we're going to test your spelling acumen a c u m e n by the way um so what we've got is i've i've picked out um 12 wrestlers each just wrestler names no trick about it and you guys are going to give me the spelling of that name. So I obviously I've tried to pick wrestlers who are who have weird names or mm. weird spellings. It's not going to be uh, Barry. Can you spell for me Randy Orton? Right. Um, <laughs> and I've 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 already put them into two sets. 
So like the chase, you can choose set A or set B. The names were completely randomly selected. So I, I, I made a list of just the 24 names, 12 from AW and 12 from WWE. Okay. So WWE encompassing Raw, SmackDown, and NXT 2.0, not NXT UK. I don't give you names you've never fucking heard of. Yeah. Um, and they've been completely shuffled. So set A might have more AEW. I don't know. They've completely been randomized. And it's just whoever gets the most is the winner. If it's a draw, it's a draw. Okay. Uh, so, uh, J- uh, Barry, as your name is first alphabetically, <laughs> do you is want... Do you want set A or set B? I'll go set A. Okay, so set A is Barry's. Set B is Joe's. Now, that's not say these are all going to be difficult. Some of them might seem easy. But mm. maybe you'll double double guess or, or you'll you'll kind of question yourself. Oh, maybe something wrong is there. Okay, Barry, your first name for one point. Can you spell for me Jake Hager? Uh, yes, J-A-K-E-H-A-G-E-R. That is correct. And by the way, if, you, if you're going to give me the uh, can you use in a sentence, the sentence is blank is a wrestler in AEW or WWE. <laughs> I thought you were going to say <laughs> the sentence is Barry, can you spell Jake Hager? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's one point for Barry. Joe, can you spell for me Malachi Black? Oh, that's much fun. <laughs> um, it's, it's random. Like I said, they're not paired in terms of difficulty. I think I, I, think I know it's, M A L A K A I B L A C K. That is correct, Joe. For one Fair point. play. I think I spell that name differently every single time I type it. So well yeah. done. I would have gotten that wrong. Joe, Joe got it correct. So it's one point apiece. Barry, can you spell for me Omos? O M O S. That's correct, Barry. Okay. He's, he's AJ Styles' big friend. Oh. That's right. Speaking of big friends, Joe, can you spell for me Veer? <laughs> he's one of Jinder Mahal's big friends. Uh, Veer. V-E-E-R? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> V-E-E-R. Uh, so we've got no wrong answers yet. This might be Hell a dud, yes. uh, an edited out segment. If we're going to keep <laughs> <on this one. laughs> All right, Barry, can you spell for me Aaliyah? Ooh, can I? Good question. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I don't think this is right. A L. I Y A. It's incorrect, Barry. I thought it would be. Yeah, it's A L I Y A H. I yeah, it's like it's one of those names that, like Malachi, can be spelled so many ways, and all yeah. these all these gimmick names. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. Right, Joe, and I'm going to be very. I need you to be very specific on this. That's just, just to mention, <laughs> well, right? I'm going to tell you the letters. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, say no more than that. Right? Okay. Can you spell for me Angelico? Uh, A <laughs> N G E L I C O. I'll give you. I'll give you a zero point five. The it's E accent. L-I-C-O. 
Oh, but you don't even know what accent it is. Give it to him. Come I'll on. just take it. Okay, we give him the point. We give him a point. Him but the point. Keep him going, going forward, I want accents. You don't even know it. Unless it's a grave, you don't know what the accent it's, is. And it's accent aigu, Barry. Yes, yeah. French. Do I have to name I'll the accent? the king. Do I have to name the accent, or could I just say? No, accents would be fine. <laughs> um, uh, so I uh, just say there's a thing above the letter is fine. <laughs> okay, no, we'll do no accents. It's correct anyway. Give me the point for that. <laughs> All right, Barry, since you're laughing so much, give us Zion Quinn, please. <laughs> give us who? <laughs> NXT superstar, Zion Quinn. I don't even know who that is. Well, you should have been laughing then. Oh, uh, <laughs> I've never heard of this person. I will get as a Z-I-O-N-Q-U-I-N-N. Uh, well, that's unsurprisingly incorrect. It's X-Y-O-N. <laughs> X-Y-O-N. Fuck off. Q U I double N. You're right oh, in the second name. Oh not the first. I just googled. I just googled this cunt. It is a real person, Joe. Can you confirm? Yeah, it's basically he, he's Bane. He's Australian Bane. Oh, I've already God. forgotten how to spell. Oh, this is awful. X Y O N. So no point for Barry on that one. Oh afraid. Jesus. Uh. Joe, over to you. Can you give me Frankie Kazarian? Oof, um, okay, F R A N K. Yeah, No, incorrect. Wait, uh, I was wrong. You, you, you didn't. You you missed the E in Frankie. You went F R A N K. Oh, sorry. you went to K A Z. I'm afraid. Yeah, you, I, I thought oh. I thought you, I thought you were struggling. Was it E Y or I E? And then you just skipped it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say I E. I just you went to the K A Z. I was so thinking ahead. To, I was thinking ahead to the Kazarian. All right, go on then. Fair I would have also accepted K A Z. Um, no, I wouldn't. Okay, Barry. <laughs> Another toughie here. Are you ready for this one? God. Can you spell for me every every liberal's favorite wrestler, Jackson Riker? <laughs> oh, no. This is the ultimate shitty wrestling name with seven K's and X's and Y's. Oh my god, okay. God, I, oh, I don't even think he spells Jackson the obvious way. Oh, it's like Go on, have a go. I'll have to have I'll have to have a go. Um J A X X O N R Y C K E R. Uh, that's incorrect, I'm afraid. You you were correct with the X. There's but there's only one X. J A X S O N R Y R Y K E R. That's terrible. Oh my god. Jesus. All right, Joe, over over to you. Grand Metalik. Grand Metalik. Uh, things, yeah, I do G G R A N, M E T A L I K. That's correct. So to make sure I say all the letters this time. Yeah, good. There you go. There you go. Barry, SmackDown superstar and friend of Shinsuke Nakamura, Rick Boogs. R I C K B O O G S. That's correct. Very good. All right, Joe. Uh, AW referee, Bryce Remsburg. B R Y C E R E M S 
B-U-R-G? That's correct. Yes. You went to the, I, I thought we might get a, a B-E-R-G, but you were right. Yeah. Right. I thought it was you, and then I was like, oh, oh hang on a minute. Yeah. Uh, all right, Barry, can you give me annoying dickhead son of Billy Gunn, Colton Gunn? Uh, C-O-L-T- O N G U N N. No, it's incorrect. Is it E N? It's E N. God. Colton Gun. Yeah. Joe, AW tag team superstar Mark Quinn, please. Oh God. Um. M M A R C Q U E N. Incorrect, Joe. I'm afraid to say it's M A R Q. Would you believe? Q U E N. Of course. Barry, over to you. Layla Hirsch. L E Y L A H I R S C H. That's correct. Very good. Joe, WWE superstar Dewdrop. Oh, I think it's I've seen this written so many times, but I can't. <laughs> but how's it spelled? I think it's I think it's D O U D R O P. That's correct. Do, yeah. yeah, yeah. Speaking of women wrestlers off the WWE, Barry, former MMA superstar, not well superstar, sure, very good. Uh, Shayna Baszler. Oh God! All these names are spelled as annoyingly as possible. Uh, <laughs> okay. S H A Y N A B A S Z L E R. That is correct. Oh. Very good. Yeah, it's a hell of a name. To be fair. Yeah, that is that is quite the one. Okay, Joe, can you give me Alex Abrahantes, please? Alex Abrahantes, A L E X, A Abrahantes, A B R A H A N T E S. That's correct. Well done. All right, we're down to the, the final three each, okay? Barry, uh, I think he might be the, the US champion. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> Damien Damien Priest. Okay, um, <laughs> might not be. Uh, to be honest, I don't know. I think he. I think he is. D A M. Oh God! Uh, I was going to pick one. I E N P R I E S T. It's incorrect. Ah, I, I knew it. I knew it. It's D A M I A N. Yeah. Yeah. Seems, seems like an easy one, to be honest. When you're asked to spell it, it's suddenly very difficult. Uh, Joe, Isaiah Cassidy, please. Uh, you had okay. Mark Quinn earlier. Yeah. So, Isaiah, I S I A H K A S S I D Y. That's correct. <laughs> Two S's? No. You said C A S S I D Y, no? Yeah. No, I mean, I, in Isaiah, I meant. No, it's I S I A H. Okay, fair enough. Uh, Barry, one of your favorites, but can you spell it? Penta El Zero Miedo, please. Uh, 
Uh, wait, isn't his official name Penta L Zero M? Uh, as per Wikipedia, no. But Wikipedia, go to aew.com. <laughs> okay, so 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 what aew.com is not their website. That's I know. Yeah, yeah, it's like oh, AE Wrestling. I think it is. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the okay, so Penta L. Am I spelling which language am I going for here? Cero miedo, or because it is because it's zero m on some boxes. What language? Give me that. What language are those last two words? Oh, let me let me go to the AW website and clarify. Okay, because it's also not a. It's all elitewrestling.com. Is the okay. uh, roster because fucking Wikipedia screwed me over here in mid quiz. Um, you may be right. It may be correct. I'm just asking. No, Penta Penta L zero M. Go on, give us that. Okay, perfect. Uh, P E N T A E L Z E R O M. And and can you do miedo for me anyway? Uh, C E R O M I E D O. Yeah, but correct on both counts. Uh, there's probably there's probably an accent over one of those somewhere <laughs> along the way. You know. Uh, I think there there's, is, in fact. There's a hyphen. Hyphen between the zero and the yeah, M. Yeah. Well. A hyphen between L zero. <laughs> you know. Miedo. Uh, right. Joe, can you do for me former... Oh, I forget what her name used to be. Oh, Taya Valkyrie. She's now Frankie Monet. F- oh, God, I don't know. F-R-A-N-K-Y... Uh, what did you say her surname was? <laughs> <laughs> Monet. Monet. M O N A Y. That's incorrect. I'm afraid it's M O N E T. Like yeah. Peter. What? Yeah, Sparks. Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're down to the final two, right? And Barry, another AEW head for you. Nick Camaroto. <laughs> Definitely not getting this. Uh, Nick Com uh, is Com Arodo? Is that his name? Well, you know what his name is. Case well, uh, say his say his name again for use it. <laughs> Nick Camaroto is a AW wrestler. Okay. <laughs> I'm not giving uh, you clues. We're gonna. Not, I know you're not. I know you're not giving me clues. Uh, Nick Camaroto is his name. Okay, uh, N I C K C O M M O R O D O. Oh, it's not correct. I'm afraid. <laughs> no, C O M O R O T O. Oh, I didn't realize I was that close. <laughs> yes, yeah, the the American soft T. Yeah, Camarado. Uh, and Joe, last one for you. Uh, Commander Aziz. <laughs> he is uh, Apollo Crews. Um, C O M M. I better get this bit right. C O M M A N D E R A Z E E Z. That's correct. Wow! Well done. Very good. Okay, so the final scores. Barry of the twelve. You got six correct. Whoa, not oh. great. Not great. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, keeping in mind that you're incorrect, included Colton Gunn and Damien Priest. Uh, Joe, 
You got nine correct, so you're a this ah, year's winner. Well done. Now, to be fair, Barry did get Zion Quinn and Jackson Riker, which are probably two, <laughs> two of the harder ones, but still would have been defeated even if he got wrestling. Things. Wrestling is such a shitty industry to do a a uh, fucking spelling, uh, spelling beyond <laughs> with with how terrible all the spelling is in it. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, that was what, what wasn't terrible was the buy-in for Rampage. Yes. Which yes, I stayed yes, up yes. to watch live. I was tempted, but it was. I was just. I've been doing too much of that lately, so I, I couldn't make it. But I watched no. it on Saturday. See, you know, just for me is is obviously it was great, and even watching it after the fact would have been great. But when something like that comes along, like the CM Punk debut, just the fact of it being live adds that extra layer to it. Yeah. You know? Oh my god! What what a banger! It was pretty tremendous, I have to say. Did you check it out, Joe, as well? Oh yeah, yeah. What, what did you make? Um, I liked it. I wasn't quite. Oh, was I wasn't yeah. raving quite as much. Something I don't think it's quite my type of match. If I'm honest, okay. I, I, I very good, very good. Yeah, I, 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 I was raving about it much more so than the uh, the dynamite main event, which I, 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 I thought was a bit flat. Actually, what you guys made it out? No, I, yeah, I thought, I thought the Bobby Fish match was uh, pretty disappointing because I actually like Bobby Fish versus Lee Moriarty, but... Um, yeah, me too. Yeah, I, I've never been the biggest fish guy in the world, really. Um, and I was, yeah... I was pretty- You're more into chicken wings. And- hey! <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I... I I didn't love the main event, really. I, I thought it was just okay. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, the... Uh, uh, Brian... Uh, train chugs along. I'm enjoying it. I thought the the Suzuki match was great, totally unique. Again, what I really liked about it was just it was something completely different compared to his other matches so far. Yeah. Uh, also compared to Suzuki's other matches so far, which were very uh, WWE house show. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So really enjoying that. Um. They are, they're they're getting the most out of Brian. They're really maximizing their minutes with him. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. What else was on Rampage this week? You got a Punk versus Matt Seidel, which I thought was another another really solid Punk match. Mm, I wasn't super hot on it. I wasn't as hot on it as um, as the Hobbs match or the Garcia match. I thought this was like you know not a step backwards, but I just I don't know. I found the match hard to get. It was it was a bit like Bobby Fish uh, Danielson. It was a bit yeah. I can understand that because like Seidel is someone who you know isn't winning. Uh, and also, like you knew Garcia wasn't winning, but like Garcia's new and exciting. He's kind of the new, exciting, uh, uh, popular guy at the moment. So it had that. Whereas Matt Seidel, I really enjoy him in AEW, but you know, just you know, he's yeah. you, you know what you're getting with him. Um, I don't know whether it's just a, a, a mishmash of styles or what it was, but I don't know. I, I find it hard to get into. Uh, CM Punk wearing the, the little tights again, though, which was. Good, yeah, seems like move. he's gonna he's he's gonna flip back and forth. I think, which is fine. Um, what else was there on Rampage? Um, oh, excuse me. You had Tay Conti and Santana Garrett. You sure did. Um, <laughs> yeah, Santana Garrett's not good. Well, sorry, that was on the buy-in. That wasn't that. That was on the buy-in, yeah. The other thing on the buy-in, actually, that I liked, I thought the videos were great. They did great hype work for that. Um, 
they had, was it the Bunny and Anna J on Rampage, which is also no Bunny, Bunny and Ruby. Oh, Bunny and Ruby. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then you had the the Jorge Masvidal with. Uh, oh yeah. Or or um, Jorge Masvidal in the corner for Men of the Year and uh, Dos, Santos, Dos Santos. Who? That's when you have an MMA lad in. You have to you have to stand up and say, "Lay it in, brother. Make it look yeah. good." Because when you bring the MMA guy in, the MMA heavyweight champion. And he's throwing punches that wouldn't leave a dent in a cake. Um, <laughs> it it loses the whole appeal. Like, what's the point of it? Then? Yeah, I, I I thought like that was a, a factor, but I thought yeah, I thought he looked okay. Other than that, I thought he looked pretty competent in there. Um, I couldn't believe the heat for this match. Like, I, I think I think everyone kind of underrates the heat that Dan Lambert gets because this was like, I think maybe the most heated thing across the two shows. Yeah, um, it was all right. It was fine. Yeah, I think the heat actually carried the main event quite a lot. Um, yeah, well, I wasn't super hot on it again, like I said. Although, uh, and although you know, the Santos took took a, a rock bottom through a table towards the end there. That was that was fun. Yeah, you got a good uh, height on that one. But uh, Masvidal completely whiffing on the knee to uh, send the send the show home was a bit of another. Well, it didn't even look like a hit him. Come on, lay it in, brother. Hit him with the fucking knee. Make it look good if you're gonna do it. Um, and then they had this inner circle reunion. Like I didn't even realize that they have been away. Actually. Yeah, like they've they've kind of been doing their own thing, I guess. But they haven't. They didn't split or anything. Yeah, the inner circle being the foils for the top team stuff just doesn't work for me. I just don't. I don't buy them in that role. I don't think they're funny. Like it, like they had the, the dynamite segment. I thought was bad. I mean, Jericho's material is feels like it's seventy years old. Um, and, and like, although there was a good line where uh, he's like, "I wouldn't, I wouldn't even touch you with your husband's genitals." And the CM Punk went, "I think he would." <laughs> <laughs> Punk was very funny on Dynamite. Punk was good yeah. on Dynamite. Uh, yeah, it's just like I don't find them believable. I just don't find them like. The promo was bad, and like uh, baby faces, I don't feel them as baby faces against no, against I, top I team. Agree. Uh, but it's it's fucking going up. What did that, did they make a match? Is there another match happening? No, they 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 said they're going to have terms that Sammy Guevara will have to agree to mm. before they. I don't know. We'll find out what they are next week, I guess. Okay, but you know, like the inner circle. I I think would have benefited from a, even a little backstage where they're like, look, we're still family, but we're going to just go our separate ways just for a little while and then have the reunion and make it a, a deal, you know? Um, but you know, I, I, I don't like their aesthetic. I don't care much for their, them as baby faces. I think it's, it's, it's all wrong. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Stop. Um, elsewhere on dynamite, we had, uh, we had the weird FTR AAA title thing, which I, I frogs or whatever they were called. Yeah, it was like I <laughs> more fool me, but it seemed like everyone got swept up in the idea that Andrade was actually going to bring people in based yeah. uh, based on the recent history of 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 AEW, uh, and then as soon as they came i didn't know it was ftr but as soon as these guys came out i was like oh not the not <laughs> the fake luchador thing jesus <laughs> between between that and the jericho promo i was like what year is this come on um, Los conquistadors yeah it really was that and then they they and and then like 
I had so many questions about this because they were like, it's being contested under AEW rules, not AAA. I'm like, okay, well, surely if you're hosting a title match from another company, it should be their rules. Yeah, true. But they, but they wanted to do their fucking stupid mask reveal thing. And I was like, okay, but just why are you doing the match if they're going to get revealed halfway through the match is my question. Also, why are extremely well-protected team FTR having to do this to get a title match? I didn't get that either. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing. And then, like, Andrade didn't get involved in the finish, which I was really surprised about. Um, I didn't. I, I liked the little segment where MJF gave him some money at the end. I thought that was cute. But everything else about it, I was like, I don't know what this was supposed to be. Heat, I guess. But, you know. Yeah. Although I, I liked when CM Punk straight away was like, that's FTR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Am I the only one being not being full of this? That's quite funny. Um, yeah, I mean, the match itself wasn't even great. wasn't even much to it. Um, and they beat the AEW Tag Champs clean in the ring. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's kind of the main thing. It's funny that they're using like the AAA to set up like an AEW title match. Like the AAA is like the prelim yeah. uh, thing, which is kind of odd. Um, I mean, to American fans it is, I guess. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. Um, Although there was an inconsistency in the way uh, the ring announcer pronounced triple a yeah people seem to flick back and forth between doing that and just saying triple a so he said this match is for the triple a tag team championships and then when lucha bros came out he said and they are the triple a tag team champions and then at at the end he announced uh ftr as the new triple a say triple a or say triple a you're not saying punk with the tights make do it one way and stick to it um what else do you have you had malachi black dante martin had a, a fun little a little match. Um, what else? Mox squashed Wheeler Yuta in. That was in, fun. In the second he came out, it was, it was the most okay. This he's going to the final of the tournament before they even announced the brackets. I was yes. like, it was like this is a get this guy back on track performance. That's what this was, oh, and nice. I and I think it worked. Um, so yeah, um, they posted that bracket, and it didn't look great at a first glance. But I will say that when you kind of look down the side of it, it's like it's like there's some good little matches there. We're getting Brian versus Dustin, which would be great. Which <laughs> presumably getting Brian versus Kingston, which would make sense if he's facing Mox in the final. I would even take Brian Archer. Like oh, Brian, Ar- Brian Archer would be uh, yeah, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's like you look at Mox's side, and he is so easily getting to the finals. So <laughs> it's like he has to beat Preston Vance, and then presumably Orange Cassidy. Uh, so it makes sense for Brian to face or, uh, to face uh, uh, Eddie along oh, the way. God. I love um, these tournaments where suddenly Dustin Rhodes and Preston Vance always seem to be in the quarterfinals of yeah. all their tournaments. <laughs> so how do they do it? It's like I, the thing. The, the thing about it is like. On the one hand, I get. It. On the other hand, it is kind of annoying because they do for like the ladder matches in the tournaments and the battle royals. They do it's people other than they don't just have to be ranked. They get they get mid card guys. So it's, mm-hmm. Preston Vance is fine. But the thing that annoyed me was Hobbs. I was like, he just lost a major match like yeah. two two weeks ago. Like that's one where I'm kind of like, because hey, he's facing Orange Cassidy. I'm like, pulled someone else for, from from your your mid card for Orange Cassidy to be not. Well, I I, I, I it's like because AW is a place where they actually are you know, relatively good in terms of booking people logically and, and setting people up. So I'm kind of like, same with, with, with Anna Jay, like she lost a few weeks ago to uh, uh, Penelope, I believe it was. Yeah. 
It's like now, she's, now she's programmed with the champion. I'm like, eh, like you know, yeah, you, you and know, even even with the the like, you have Brian Danielson on two wins in a draw in the tournaments, but CM Punk on four wins, isn't in it? Yeah, because obviously they don't want to book that way, but it doesn't make sense in the logic of what they do. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's it's a little a little inconsistency there for sure. Um, because even if you want to avoid those awkward situations, then you could have just said, you know, okay, it's it's an unranked tournament. And take everyone out who's who's ranked, or or you know you do something like that. But or you could say it's an opt-in tournament. So the people who have something going on who are busy in a feud, yeah, they they chose to forego this this specific tournament. You know, which this is the type of thing AEW does really often. Like I said, the MJF money segment. Like I think that was a nice little bow on it. Um, But but again, look, not not great. But uh, I think the matches will be fun. Um, and I think this. So we've got another Friday, Saturday week ahead for yeah. uh, AEW. So they're announcing the TBS tournament on Rampage this coming week. Uh, there was some confusion about that. They did. They did clarify that they will be starting the tournament soon, and that it will conclude on the first TBS show uh, on the fifth of January. So yeah. that would be that'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I don't know if there was. I think. I think we've covered. Uh, well, we had a very important happening in the Super Click Dark Order match, which was that the, the Super Click were going for their chipmunk uh, yeah, kiss spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I knew for us specifically that would be a momentous little. Yeah, that was good. That, that was, was good. tremendous. That was tremendous. And the Mr. Socko kind of coming yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. Mr. Socko. And getting a huge pop as well. I think that's a Mick Foley. Uh, I don't know. A little, little nod. Maybe he's maybe he's coming in. Don't know. Maybe. But I mean, we we couldn't let that that kiss spot go without giving it the old. Ah! Except uh, it's right. more of a when Adam Cole realised it was more of a. Then ah! uh. Yeah. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was good. He he almost turned too quickly into John Silver's lips. There. That was, <laughs> was very funny. Um, and a, a, a completely bonkers Cody Rhodes vignette as well. Oh, these are so bizarre, and it's kind of like. <laughs> and the, the other thing, but the thing is about them, even though they're bizarre, I also think he has to lose again because it's way too soon in yeah. the vignettes for him to to win because there hasn't we haven't had the arc yet. He's still getting slapped around and just ridiculed. And I love uh, that when he he showed up and and the shutters opened up and. Uh, Velvet, Red Velvet, who's been his like best mate, suddenly like, you know, Cody, I think you're a real piece of shit. Just like slaps him across the face. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, for? it's I, like I don't I don't know if it's good, but I'm highly amused by this angle. It's I'm very pulpy. It. Yeah, it's very, 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 and yeah, it's it's uh, especially because they haven't taken their their foot off the pedal with Black. So Black is I'm fairly confident. I I wasn't sure last time, but now I'm fairly confident Black has beaten him. <laughs> Um, which is kind of crazy, three in a row, but um, they do not have Cody positioned in any kind of way where he's going to be any kind of serious, you know, title challenger or top main event level act. So I guess it makes sense to really thoroughly give Malachi Black the rub. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so that was, <laughs> and, and then we had, and then we had the Hangman promo, which was very good. Although he he must have said cowboy shit about ninety times. Yeah, I liked I liked what he tied it into though. It was it was it was it was good. It was very good. Oh, so that was a 
Yeah, I almost forgot another thing as well. That was tremendous. Legitimately got you fired up, made you think this guy is this guy. Oh, I know what the other thing is. is, uh... The Miro promo. Oh, (laughs) my God, was it good. Oh, my God. In the confession box or wherever he was. Yeah, like, oh, talking about his body of stone, his neck of sand. Oh, tremendous. Absolutely fucking tremendous. My God, what a man. Um, I still, as great as it was, I still feel like I can't believe he lost. But like he's he's making he's, he's one promo in he's already making it great so uh, I I would I would do a rematch down the road maybe at the pape and, and give him the belt back to be honest yeah um, I don't see it going on fucking Ethan Page I think it's I think it's one of those cases where the 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 wrestler and the belt are elevated by being paired you know the belt looks better by Miro having it and Miro looks better by having the belt yeah absolutely. Um. Yeah. So that was tremendous. Yeah. So two, two lots of great talking on this show. Uh, to be fair, uh, I think that's gonna do it really this week. I'm not up to date on Dark Side of the Ring. Um, I am the uh, the Johnny K Nine one was a bit bland, especially bit boring. Not familiar yeah. with the Luna Vashon was a, a pretty good little biography piece. Um, again, nothing too uh, scandalous, but it was a, a, a very good biopic of. Uh, or not biopic, uh, <laughs> biography piece yeah. of uh, of Luna. Yeah, it was, it was pretty decent. So we've got like two left. Is that right? Yes. The XPW one and the steroid trial. Right. Okay. Yeah. Two good ones to close that season. Uh, yeah. I think. I said, yeah uh, the XPW one is going to be like I. I was really surprised by the FMW one. Lots of stories I didn't know. Um, you know, uh, I always, the, the wrestling intermingling with organized crime is always good, and I think that there will be more of that with XPW. I'm fairly, oh, I'm yes, fairly certain, sure. uh, somewhat infamously. So, I think those are two strong episodes to go out on. Yeah, I, I had never heard of Johnny K9 before. His story was kind of like it, he was a guy who was a criminal, and they made an episode about it because he was also a wrestler in a little Wikipedia trivia note. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not, yeah. I, I don't think it, it, it wasn't bad because they the, all these shows are of a decent quality in terms of how they're made but it wasn't you know it wasn't much to to write home about um yes uh so we will we will uh, i i'm gonna watch that luna one as soon as my better half is home she wouldn't like it if i watched it without her um, yeah. yeah so i think that will do it for this week um we will be back next week uh, with uh, more more chit chat, we will have more. I'm, th- I'm sure there'll possibly be a FIFA update. We will have more AEW takes and uh, more Halloween movies as well. I am certain. So, uh, if you want to pop us an email, chairshoppodcast.com is where you do so. If you have movie recommendations or a question you want to ask or anything at all like that, do feel free to get in touch. But until next week, folks, we are going to say goodbye. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Paul. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from Joe. Goodbye, everybody.